0: Blood Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, everybody. It is a beautiful, chilly, cold Friday morning as we are, uh, again, now looking five days away from Christmas, a little bit longer for the new year, but it is going to be a solid five-star show here on Southern Sports Central. I'm Richie. I'm alongside the producer over there, Will. Porter, who is uh, going to continue to do what he does in a five-star fashion as well. Boy, I tell you what, reached out yesterday and really loaded up the show here today with a, a really great group. We're going to travel all the way from down the road to a local high school with a young man that's going to be playing at Temple uh, this time next year. Matt Duncan will join us at 7-14. He is an Ashley Ridge quarterback. A uh, young man has shown not only can he throw the ball, but this year, I'm a believer, he's uh, got the ability to become a... A little bit of a dual threat there. Uh, ran the ball around. Uh, when they played Somerville this past year, I watched them do a couple of other things to where I thought, quite frankly, uh, he's a lot better in certain areas that I didn't realize he was at. So uh, they're going to get a good baller out of the state of South Carolina for Temple uh, here in just a few. Uh, we'll talk to him again uh, about what's happening over. And Ashley Ridge in his past four years over there, his brother, of course, by the way, also was a big-time quarterback, went to Western Kentucky, and now is a quarterback over there. So, uh, quarterback, uh, you is running in the Duncan family, and they, were, of course, uh, man, that's going to be a tough thing for mom and dad, is they're going to be separated. So, uh, where do they go on Saturday? Go watch uh, one or the other. Uh, we'll talk to him about that and, and what it was like to, to be somewhat getting up in the morning that that first time once his brother graduated, they knew he was going to be the big man on campus, but uh, filling the shoes of your, uh, of your big brother, it's gotta be a big deal. We'll talk to him about that. Of course, uh, uh, some breaking news last night, yesterday evening, uh, is that uh, their head coach over there has uh, decided to step down after 10 years. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, you know, the, the, the coach that is there, that is leaving, that has stepped down from the position, is of course, um, you know, somebody who, you know, I've had a chance to really watch and and, and enjoy what he's done and and everything to that delight. And I got to tell you, Kenny Walker is one of the best out here as far as, um, you know, five-star dudes that anytime you reach out to him, he reaches back out. He always takes time to talk to you, you know, whether it's just to have a couple of, uh, of, of, of points to get out or whatever it is. It could be whatever, but he's always that guy. And we appreciate their style coaches because they're not a lot of them out here like that. A lot of coaches don't like to talk to the media. Like the guys don't like to have that conversation, and whether I'm wearing my media hat or I'm just hanging out, you know, uh, you know, coach Walker has always been that guy. So I appreciate him wishing him the best luck in his, his future endeavors. Now that means, I means I believe now there's four jobs open in the low country. I don't know the last time we've had four jobs and, uh, Two of them are in in, in the Power 5, 5A football. Of course, uh, now that Ashridge opens up, that's one. West Ashley is two. The new realignment has uh, James Island, who was 5A. They go back down to 4A. If that sticks, uh, that job is open. And then Hanahan is open. And, and again, all four of those jobs are, are very uh, optimistic jobs, opportunities, if you will. Uh, we'll talk about that here a little bit because it's 730. Kevin Villadu from Live 5 News over at Live 5 Sports. He'll join us. We'll talk to him about the uh, <laughs> the coaching carousel that's become a, a very heavy conversation here in the low country. Uh, we'll talk to him about the realignment uh, in 2020 his thoughts national signing day on the local level uh, We'll, we'll kind of see where some of our kids here locally are heading and uh, teams to watch out early for Friday night lights. Uh, who's kind of got that upper hand coming back i I believe Somerville's gonna be in pretty good shape this year because they have a large class coming back. Uh, they've got key players coming back. Uh, they're going to fill the holes with those who are graduating with, I think, some guys who are, are, are pretty good, to be honest with you. I think is a team to watch out for here coming up in 2020. Then at 8 o'clock, top of the hour, too, Ben Moore will join us here from 24-7 Sports. We go all the way to Atlanta. Uh, we'll talk to him about the recruiting winners and losers, uh, how that portal, and here's something I don't know if a lot of people are thinking about. The portal now is starting to become a factor already. There's been a couple of guys who it looks like to me, who have signed and moved around. Now, Liberty, once again, I think, got a quarterback yesterday from Maine. He jumped in the portal, and he signed his letter of intent over to Maine. Of course, uh, you already know Utah. They were able to get Jake Bentley from South Carolina. So there are those those things that I want to talk about a little bit today when it comes down to, uh, you know, if you're not happy about your signing class, you got to wonder, is there another plan and process? Florida, for a lot of people's sakes, think. That maybe they didn't benefit as much. Of course, I uh, will. Yesterday mentioned uh, uh, Florida State. Well, guess what? 8:30. Logan Robinson. He is the owner of the No Game Day down in Tallahassee on the campus of Florida State. Will join us at 8:30. He has joined me in the past with another company that he worked with, uh, but now he of course is uh, up and running the No Game Day, and he'll check in with us all the way from Tallahassee, Florida at 8:30, and uh, we'll talk to him about the new coach down there. Uh, their, I, I'd say his thoughts, his opinions on, on how big this thing is going to happen uh, and how quick it could happen over at, at Florida State. So, uh, again, four solid guests coming in here throughout the show. Should be a good one, a lot of topics to talk about. Uh, we're trying to maintain having a quarterback, a player, somebody playing high school football to start off the show at seven fourteen, and we did it again today with Matt Duncan coming in. Again, this is Matt's first time coming on the show and uh, great timing here as uh, this guy I've really watched him grow up from a little boy to a, to a, to a grown man he's never a really little this guy's pretty big in size i want to say 6'4 six, 6'5 six, somewhere like that uh i'll let him check in when he gets in with us but uh we're really really excited about getting him in here uh he goes again uh to one of the three Somerville schools here in the area which is Ashley Ridge uh you know and and, and here's the thing this guy has been without doubt one of the guys who everybody knew he was going to go into division one football. They knew he was going to go play some some big big football, do some big things. Uh he had other offers. You know, Temple wasn't in. He had other offers but for whatever reason and I've talked to him uh off the radio and personally, kind of uh, you know, again, his dad and I have conversations throughout the years and uh, you know, we called up, I believe, at, at a store here in town and we were just kind of having the conversations. And he said basically, hey, it felt like home to him. So big deal for him. Uh let me bring him in now. Will of course uh you know it is a early uh, Friday morning. Uh, it's been a solid week. I know tomorrow uh, you get the reins uh, handed over to you for your Saturday morning show, eight to ten, the fifth quarter. Uh, it should be a good one for you tomorrow. I know you you're allowed to to cover tomorrow, of course, with the NFL. You'll probably get into some of that. You'll talk some cash football. I'd imagine uh, there are some bowl games happening today and tomorrow, so of course we'll 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 dabble into that here today as well.
2: Right. And uh, good morning, everybody out there uh, tuning in to this uh, Friday edition of Southern Sports Central. It's a, a pleasure. Uh, to be here it's a um it's another beautiful day like you said it is chilly and cold uh kind of wish it was at least 10 degrees cooler right now it's freezing outside and that I, I mean that literally um yeah great show lined up uh today and um also some some ideas uh to be tossed around uh tomorrow as well uh for the for the Saturday show um of course going to be covering uh just a little bit of the shrine bowl uh and 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 dabbling into that and some uh some key players uh and then uh, th- there was news that broke yesterday, and I was gonna wonder if we could be able to talk about this today, but obviously it's a it's a packed schedule, so no no problem there. But um, uh, back in college basketball, um, there was a a kid from Memphis. Uh, his name's James Wiseman, and he is projected to be the number one overall pick uh, in next year's uh, NBA draft. And he has currently been under uh, he's he's been currently under suspension uh by the NCAA. he can't play uh college basketball because um the the current uh the current coach who at the time was not the current coach um he helped his uh James Wiseman's family move from wherever they were into uh to Memphis in order to uh be close to them and and his, watch his son play basketball or to watch their son play basketball and uh so James Wiseman has has currently been uh, suspended because that is um that is violating NCAA rules regarding uh what is it the uh you can't accept money uh from right. boosters and so that's that's one of the things to to talk about and uh he yesterday he made an announcement and and if you haven't seen it then um you know it's all, it's all over the sports uh social media and a lot of people are saying that they don't blame him because uh, you, you're, he's trying to prepare for the you know the next step that the college experience really isn't much of an experience he's just there to um, he, he's really just there to play the game of basketball and they're um, and they're and they're really uh, missing out on on this opportunity uh, the NCAA is to to let this kid play um, to to let a, a team in a program like Memphis uh, be able to benefit from him and his talent but um, you know all that and really a lot more from from the college aspect, and then also looking at some NFL games uh, going into. I think this is week seventeen that uh, that these teams are playing. So uh, yeah, full slate for tomorrow for sure. But uh, right now we're gonna we're gonna dive dive into the show this morning, Richie.
1: Yeah, it should be a good one here. Uh, you know my my thoughts are this again, the the college front comparatively with the NBA is a lot different than the college front is. To the NFL, you know, again, it, it's never really promoted. It's never really pushed. It's never really been a big thing about them coming to college and holding them accountable for why they come here. I mean, guys like that's why Kentucky is able to win, you know, championship after championship in the past. I mean, they don't have that same luck this year or, or many years in the past. They don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Would you say Duke is like that a little bit? I, I don't see Duke like that. I think Duke's kids come and stay a little longer. North Carolina kids seem to come and stay a little longer, but Kentucky. Louisville you know there are certain teams to me that that's just what they're known for they're known for that two and in and out that's it and and again it doesn't teach our kids uh you know to come and hold themselves accountable you know and to hold to their commitments and and things like that so again we so fast want to blame the player instead of blame the the game you know they still say don't hate the player hate the game and for me that's that's what it is they they this is college football's I mean college basketball's problem and their fault And the NBA, by the way, who has endorsed all of this nonsense and and tomfoolery of allowing these kids to come in for one and done or two and done or or whatever it is. It's never for long that they just kind of come in and they just fade themselves out. So uh, even in the NBA, you don't even have to go to
2: college. From what I remember unless it's changed. No, that's right. Yeah. You, you, you have Fred to be, out high school. Yeah. No, you have to be uh at least nineteen years old or 19. in order in order to enter the draft. Yeah, but most kids are that age now. Because yeah. a lot of them are that, that 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 whatever red shirt, you know, that they that
1: they automatically get when they're younger. They realize the most athletic parents know they get it. They hold their kid back a year, it's gonna benefit him later in the years. And and so you see that. So even at nineteen years old, right? Even at nineteen years old the kid can go in. You know, he did What LeBron James did it. A lot of these guys do it. But what happens is they miss out on the experience of going to college. And, and everybody would say, well, it doesn't make any sense for them to go. I get it. I, I guess. You know, I, I, there's, there's, I think there's some pluses to, you know, the guys going into to college and, and, and getting a degree or, or to doing that or whatever. I mean, I, it is what it is. I go different ways with it. You know, it's just interesting how the NFL, that's not even an opportunity. It's not even an option. It's not even an option. You have to go three years and then join the draft. Now you could be one of those years could be a red shirt year, but you still have to join the draft. And for me, you know, I, I think college basketball ought to enjoy, they ought to embrace that as well. Uh, you know, they have their own reasonings. They do their own things. Uh, you know, major leagues are the same way though. Major leagues, you come right out of high school, right out minor leagues and boom, you're in, you know? And I mean, so you see guys doing that signing billion dollar contracts and doing things.
2: So, College yes, football, it,
1: once again, is its own entity.
2: Yeah, and it's a big conversation, and I'll, um, I'll definitely dabble into that uh, come tomorrow's show. But um, uh, what do you say we take a break and then uh, send it right back here? Yeah, let's
1: do that. We'll take a break. Matt Duncan is scheduled to sit, uh, sit in here with us in about two minutes. Uh, we'll check in with the, uh, the big man that's heading to Temple. Well, I tell you what, this is going to be a good conversation. Been waiting to have this cat on the air with me for a long time. So we say uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network.
3: When the night has come, and the land is dark, and the moon is the only, only light we've seen, so I won't be afraid. trouble, darling, I need this little heaven to yeah, and darling, God, won't you stand by if the sky, look upon the shouldn't the mountain, make humble, make humble to the Cry. I won't cry. No, 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 I won't. You get no tears. Just as long. Just as long, just as long as you stand by me. I'm the only darling, I'm I not I need just a heavy hands. If someone gonna pick me up and make Come on, come on now, baby. Yeah, come come on, Whoa, whoa. Come on, come on, and Good
1: time of the morning to everybody. Richie I'm here live on Southern Sports Central. Glad to have you with us here in the, of course, uh, Garrison Pharmacy Studios in Somerville, South Carolina. We're going to head over now to the Math Burgers Hotlines where I've got the big man on campus. Over there at Ashley Ridge, Matt Duncan joins us this morning, the big man. Uh, Top of the morning, Matt. What's up, buddy?
0: Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me.
1: Hey, man, it's my pleasure, brother. Uh, You've earned it, man. I've been trying to get you for a minute, man, so it's taken this long. But they say all good things are worth the wait, and uh, this is no different. Uh, You don't have to wait long to be a college athlete, man. You signed on the dotted line the other day. Of course, Temple Football is your new destination be your new home. Uh, for at least the next two or three years, uh, maybe four years, Uh, you know, I know that's kind of an unheard of thing at college football anymore, Uh, but you're heading to Philly, brother, you're going to go up there with Rocky and do some big things in PA, and uh, it's a little bit cold here, but it's a lot cold up there, brother, so this is kind of a test for you, but uh, man, what's it been like, man, to finally get to this point, you you had your your big signing over there, uh, just on Wednesday, of course, uh, Coach Walker and you uh, got to take pictures together, that's always fun to Enjoy this moment with this head coach. I, you know, I tell the kids at Somerville, Fort Dorchester, hey, man, embrace the moment. Make sure you add in these coaches, these guys who have stood by you, who have been with you uh, since most of you guys since day one at least and kind of watched you grow up your own uh, days there. But uh, tell us, man, what's the experience been like for you, uh, you know, going through the process of all these schools, man, getting your mail and, and doing your thing and, and asking you to come and look at their campuses and, and doing all that. Is it a bit of a relief when you finally sign on that line where you know and I know they can't mess with you anymore?
0: Oh, for sure. It was, it was a lot of stress. I was relieved, but um, I really enjoyed my process. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful for the schools that offered, and uh, uh, I chose Temple um, because the uh, I, I thought that was the best fit for me and my family. So um, I'm really thankful for them and uh, Coach Carey and Coach Harmon for believing in me and uh and i can't wait to, to see the
1: next four to five years live right now with matt duncan the quarterback over at Ashy ridge he's heading to temple that's right he's going to uh, philadelphia pa here uh to play college football this time next year he'll have at least uh, uh the first year under his belt at some level here uh again a year from today it'll be a different conversation uh but uh let's dive into Ashy ridge with you real quick so you know, uh, quarterback you kind of runs in the Duncan family, man. You know, your dad and I and you and your brother, I remember uh, talking a couple years ago in the gymnasium over at Ashridge. I don't know if you remember that conversation. It was the first time I got a chance to really meet you. Uh, but I had watched your brother do things uh, as well. And, um, of course, you were as confident as all get out, man. You, you believed that, that you could do what you needed to do. I want to say it was the end of uh, your sophomore year uh, is when we had that conversation over at the gymnasium. Uh, but, but what's it been like, you know, we talk a lot of guys who come on the show who have to fill the shoes of, uh, of somebody else, but you have to fill the shoes, had to fill the shoes uh, of your brother. I mean, who, again, who had been kind of uh, that market guy, man, everybody knew who he was, what he did. He had the ability to really move around, throw around and uh, kind of set that Duncan expectation and, and you come in and blow it out of the water, man, had a heck of a year this past year uh you know i'm a believer hey you're a little bit of a dual threat quarterback not only can you throw that thing around as good as anybody i watched you run that thing around a little bit too man i was very impressed but uh what was it like to to follow behind uh, you know uh, a big time quarterback but wait a minute he's also known as your your big little brother
0: um you know steven is uh that's that's my brother and and, and all but um i'm really thankful for what he did and, and he really taught me a lot, but I'm a I'm a different football player. Um, he he can he can he can probably throw it a little bit farther, but I think I can run it a little better, and uh, that's what uh, that's what separates us. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm really thankful for him and and for what he's taught me.
1: Of course, uh, now Steven's over there, in Western Kentucky, doing his thing, and I tell you what, I haven't had a chance to talk to your dad since signing day, and and looking forward to having that conversation. Uh, as I've been able to build relationships and I say this on the show all the time, not only do I get to know you guys, I get a chance to know your parents and, uh, you know, about every Friday, Saturday night, you know, your dad and I are, are just kind of going back and forth, kind of recapping the weekend together. And, uh, it's always a lot of fun. I don't know what I'm going to do without getting that, that, that Friday night conversation. We have to figure something out here, but, uh, how tough is it for him though? Now, dad, mom, they get to watch you guys uh, go different ways. Of course, Steven's over there in, in Western Kentucky. You're going to be over there in Philly. Uh, you know, I've I've seen parents have to travel a little bit, man. But uh, it's gotta be kind of neat in the, in the Duncan home to have two kids going and playing big boy football on Saturdays.
0: For sure, I know he's proud, but uh, he, he he's a big uh, driver, so I think he'll he'll like to drive up to Philly. It's honestly not that bad. Um, it, to me, it's like almost driving to Washington, Kentucky, plus a couple couple hours. So not that bad, but we, we play on uh, ESPN a lot, so he'll enjoy that. And then, uh, you know, my brother's senior year is coming up, so I know he'll be up there for him a lot, um, which that, that would probably mean more, more to Steven than than me redshirting and sitting on the bench for the first year probably. So, um, no, but he's 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 super proud of us.
1: All right, let's, uh, let's stay over at Ridge. We're going to talk here in just a minute. We'll cover some of that stuff over there, Temple, but – Let's talk about some of your best memories over there at Asher Ridge, man. You know, we've seen a lot of really exciting things come out of uh, you guys. We've seen a lot of cool things happen over at Asher Ridge. But but give us that moment, man. When you think back in the last four years at, at Asher Ridge, you think back at your time over there with Coach Walker and, of course, uh, Coach Bellish's your strength and conditioning coach and, and, and some of those guys and girls over there. Give me a moment, man, when you stop and think, man, it's hard to believe it's over. What's going to first thing kind of come to your mind when it comes to uh, – your days over at Ashley Ridge.
0: Um, probably uh my freshman year when we uh, we went over to Colleton County and uh, that was our first win of the season. Um, you know going into the season, I was told that I, I would be a backup to uh to a senior quarterback, so um so I can just uh, I was gonna get get ready, you know, study the playbook a little bit better and and, and uh get a better grip on the on the whole system, and then um, the first game against Cam Bay, uh, kind of got thrown in, in, into the fire on Thursday. He said, "Hey, you're you're starting tomorrow," so um, you know we had a we had a rough start, but um, yeah, Copson County—that was that was the first win. That was definitely a good feeling and, and something i always remember.
1: Talking right now to Matt Duncan, the uh, Asher Ridge quarterback, the senior who signed on the line on National Signing Day, the early period, at least on Wednesday, heading to Temple. Uh, Talk about his favorite moments over at Ashey Ridge and the time that he's spending here with with those guys. Of course, uh, Coach Walker has been with you uh, through the whole walk, man, and I ask these guys this. Everybody comes in, tell us something special about Coach Walker, man. I know you guys are really close, uh, you know, and this is one of the segments I really like when I ask you guys this uh, about your coach, man. There's that relationship between a player coach that, that a lot of people don't understand. They don't see a lot of things, man, but but what are the memories you're going to take with you and something that he's taught you as you're going to take that with you up to Temple as well?
0: You know, Coach Walker, he's, he's a, he's a really caring guy. He's, he's taught me so much and he's taught me really the, how, how to be uh, responsible. You know, uh, you can't be late. You you got to be the first one in, in into the weight room. You got to be basically, you got to be the, you got to be the, the man. So um, I'm really thankful for him and, and I'm I'm glad he was my coach for four years.
1: All right, Matt, so the final thing I'll get into you, man, uh, you're heading up to Temple. Kind of give us the, the the slate of things, man. When is your first day on campus? Uh, you know, what, what kind of expectations are we looking for? Have they given you the number yet? Uh, kind of sell the program to us here while, uh you're getting ready to go up there and do some big things up there in Philly.
0: Uh, I go up in June. Uh, I think I'm, I go up in June, uh, June eighth. But uh, I, I I don't have a number yet. But uh, I'm 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 just going up there, and I'm I'm gonna try to uh, learn learn as much as I can from the older guys, and uh, you know, really really try to be a sponge. Um, you know, they they got a lot of good quarterbacks up there. Trad, Todd, um, Russo, so they got a lot of good quarterbacks up there that I, I think I can learn to be a sponge off of them. So uh, if, if I go up there and I do that, I think I'll, I'll be set for a couple of years at least.
1: Well, brother, I like I tell you, all these guys that come in here, the seniors, uh, anybody who who's left their program, do us a favor. Make sure you come back home and you, you go back on campus over there to ask Ridge, man, when these young guys see you coming back on and, and showing that you still love on them, you still care about them, you can come experience, uh, you know, their, their season, but you also can express to them some of the things you've learned since you've left that Ashley Ridge. Uh, but on behalf of myself my staff here at Southern Sports Central, all of us here in Somerville, uh, you know, we're real proud of you, brother. I can't wait to watch this next chapter uh, as uh, you're going to do some big things. We expect big things out of you, uh, and you come from a five-star family, so we know you'll do it the right way. But uh, thanks so much for taking time this morning as you and I have gone back on social media trying to set up some times and some days. And, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I really appreciate the relationship that you've been able to build with me and everybody here in the low country and just say, Hey man, enjoy the rest of uh, your time over there on campus, man. Because I tell you what, uh, that June 8th date will come quicker than you've ever seen a day come. And, uh, then it's all said and a new chapter begins.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you for having
1: me. You got it, buddy. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Duncan, the Asher Ridge quarterback heading over to Temple, and, uh, man, he'll be up in Philly running up and down. And you wonder if he's going to take that trip to that famous spot where Rocky ran up the hill and does the old jump when he finally, kind of like a he made it kind of feeling there. We'll, uh, uh, but I've had a chance to watch this young man, and, and I'm a huge fan. I, I am. I think Matt Duncan's a great kid, much, much so on the field, but even better off the field, you know, the way he's handled himself.
2: Yeah, and uh, great conversation, of course, with him. And uh, congratulations on his uh... – um on his choice to go to to go to temple uh, that's a that's a really good program a really good uh really good institution um for for higher education and uh uh i can guarantee you he's probably going to go up those steps just to, to work out at least once or twice
1: i bet he has least. there i bet
2: yeah. if you do a social
1: media you'll probably find a picture of it yeah. there, but uh... well, if, well if he has then he's got to again yeah <laughs> well and that's the thing too i, I think you I, you know I know Matt's going to do some great things. Like I said, when, when we do what we do and and I have a chance to do what I do on Friday nights and I have these conversations, not only again, I say this all the time. Yes. I talk to players. Yes. I talk to coaches, but I get to talk to moms and dads and have relationships. And the one thing that I've enjoyed uh, is getting to know Mr. Duncan, the dad, he and I have gone back through the years. And on Friday nights, we've, we've exchanged conversations and texts and just, just kind of recap to the game because I'm not at his game because I'm at other games. And and so it helps me kind of stay in the know and in the loop with all these other guys. And, uh, you know, you're going to, you miss those moments. Uh, You know, the same thing was, was, um, you know, when you, when you look at uh, like Mr. Hancock, who uh, DJ Hancock is his son, who's now uh, doing his thing at Gardner Webb who was a running back at Somerville. Right. And he basically be honest with you. He, um, He and I would communicate, but we still communicate, and and I hope that continues with Mr. Duncan and a lot of these parents who come and go, and we still stay communications and and do things. Of course, uh, you know, DJ was the last 1,000 rusher at Somerville a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, The only kid I know that can get knocked out, drug out, pushed out of bounds, get up smiling and run all the way back to the uh, huddle smiling as much as if he was told he's getting in the game for the first time. That's just his personality. Matt's the same way. Matt's a gamer. Matt's a kid who – yeah, he took some major hits this year. Man, he took mm-hmm. some big-time hits. Uh, You know, he, he really put the team on his shoulders, literally. And, uh, you know, he did, I thought, the best that he could do. You know, he had – uh, you know, he didn't have, I would say, I- as many great receivers as he's had every year behind him, around him. Uh, but he made the best of what he had. You know, and that's not a knock. They were just young. The, right. the team was very young. And, and, and some kids had transferred out and went over to other high schools. And, uh, you know, well, that, that doesn't help a quarterback neither. He doesn't have a guy to throw it to you know, you, you, you just realize if he ain't the runner, you know, it's going to be a long season. Uh, And, and what the one thing that, that I think everybody learned in, in the low country is that Matt Duncan can run the ball as good as a lot of our quarterbacks. Like he mentioned, Stephen, of course, was not that runner. He was that slinger. And uh, that's why he's at Western Kentucky with Dalen Powell, who is from Somerville. And I want to say there's another kid from Ashley Ridge that's actually up there as well as at Western Kentucky. They've got a handful of kids up that way uh, from the low country, but, uh, you know, we wish Matt the best of luck. Uh, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back at some point here in the next five minutes. Kevin Beledew will join us. He is from Live 5 News, Live 5 Sports Program over there. Uh, we're going to talk to him. We can talk to him about Asher Ridge a little bit more. Kenny Walker has stepped down. I did not get into that with uh, with Matt. Uh, that's not a conversation I, I, I would want to have with an athlete. It's just uh, eh, not not my not my jam. So uh, what is my jam is to ask Kevin Beledew, hey. What happened? Who's next? And what are we going to do? And then new re- realignment has now been released from the high school league. It's the South Carolina high school league. And then national signing day was Wednesday. Locally, uh, you know, who who was the big splash? Uh, we already knew that Matt Duncan was going to sign there at Temple. He had already let that be known. And a few other guys had already let their kind of decision know. Other than those guys, who was kind of the big one? And then who are we watching for coming in 2020 on Friday Night Lights? We'll get his thoughts and his opinions coming up next if you're listening the Southern Sports Central on Blog Talk Radio Network.
3: I'm feeling so cool I did bottom just cool Every little thing that I do Damn it, I'm feeling so cool, cool, cool Yeah I Woke up here like a new Jay Dean, comb my head the right Lady,
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman here alongside, uh, of course, uh, Will Porter, pushing the buttons, answering the phone, tweeting it out, getting it out and about. You can follow us on social media over there at Sports Central. That's the easiest way to hang out with us. If you're not going to call in here this morning and talk to us live, you also can find us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central as well. You want to call in this morning? Come on in. Hang out with us. Give us your thoughts because if you're a high school person, there's a lot of things happening, especially in the low country, man. We've added – uh, to the list of coaches that are now available, and there may be more, but for my last check, you've got, of course, uh, Ashley Ridge is now open as a head coaching job. West Ashley is open, James Island is open, and Hanahan are four probably the biggest four jobs opening uh, around here in the Low And I'd be honest with you, Ashley Ridge is, is is a hot spot. You could see a lot of big names putting in for that one. James Island, it's a charter school, so that's different than Ashley Ridge because a it's in two different counties. But a charter school allows you to do things just a little bit different. You have the opportunity of uh, of bringing some cats in there that you don't have in in some of these other schools, right? Uh, so chartering's a, a little bit different, and uh, not all the coaches that coach at charter schools like to listen and like to hear that. But it's reality. I mean, it's it's it says it for a reason. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit here uh, at some point here in a few minutes with Kevin Villadu. We'll take the bus all the way from. Uh, Somerville over there to uh, West Ashley at Channel 5. Of course, uh, we'll check in with Live 5 Sports uh, very young. Uh, Kevin Billidoux. Of course, Kevin uh, is a big-time contributor, usually here on Fridays. Uh, we've given him a few Fridays off to kind of regroup and do some family things, of course. Uh, but he does do a phenomenal job covering high school sports here in the Lowcountry. Of course, he is the sports director and journalist for uh, Live 5 News. So that's the sports program over there. He's a uh, University of Harvard alumni. How about that? That's a big deal. Uh, you know, he uh, Hartford, by the way. It's not Harvard. Hartford, uh, which is is a big deal over there in Connecticut. So he wasn't too far away from ESPN. You wonder if his dreams growing up are, or, you know, because I, uh, I do know he's a Patriots fan. So, uh, you know, but he's had some big-time deals here. I know he's interviewed Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and a couple of other guys, man, that you guys are, like that wrestling stuff. I used to like it back in the day when,
0: you know, they had a very <laughs>
1: character. I, I don't get into it now, but when I was – Shoot, in my twenties, man, and and The Rock and all those guys were kind of coming up, man.
2: That was that's when it was that was good. That was at the peak of uh, WWE, um, start or WWF. Yeah, it, yeah. Was. it was. Yeah, yeah. went with that WWE, because they start hurt people's feelings,
1: and Peta. I said, all right, I'm out. I'm done uh-huh. with that. Uh, but yeah, the, the their realignments is, is an interesting deal, and, and and really, it hasn't really affected a whole lot of people. Uh, it hasn't really affected a whole lot of people in in the regions where, of course, Somerville. And um, some of the other surrounding schools here are at. But uh, it has affected um, Oceanside. Now, Oceanside is going to go up one. Uh, of course, uh, they go up to uh, 3A, right? They were in 2A. Now they go to 3A. And, uh, you know, you'll see kind of where they are. Well, and, again, we're going to get into this a little bit. So I don't want to dive too much in it and take away from the conversation that we'll have with Kevin here. Uh, but I do believe he's joined us. So let's check it out now. Let's see if we can go over to the Matt's Burgers Hotlines and say, top of the morning, Kevin. <laughs> what's up buddy
4: how you doing brother merry
1: christmas man merry christmas that it is my man basketball season wrestling season that spring uh around the corner but uh we still have high school to cover man thanks for uh the coaching carousel we've got national signing day and this new realignment so there's three things that i want to make sure that you and i talk about and let's dive into the realignment brother uh Oceanside moves up. Uh, it's probably the one conversation I think everybody was waiting to see with this being this new charter thing that everybody's kind of moving around. Are they going to stay in 2A? I feel that they should have gone to 4A personally. I'll let you say your, your piece on it too, but they do move up to Region 8 where they'll be up there now with Academic Magnet, Battery Creek, Bishop England, Hanahan, North Charleston, and then Oceanside's the fifth team or uh, is it the sixth team in there? There's a sixth team in this region. Uh, your thoughts on, on the whole realignment? You can touch on Oceanside first.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, not a whole lot of surprises. I, I think the biggest surprise for me, besides Oceanside, was the, the new Lucy Beckham School uh, that's going to open up next year over in Mount Pleasant. They're going to be a 4A school, which I can't remember a school that's opened up starting that high. You know, I remember the year Cane Bay and Ashley Ridge opened, I think that was 2007. They both started as 2A schools, and of course they're both 5A schools now, so we've seen how they've grown, but I can't remember seeing a school start off as as a four A, So that's a, that's a tough deal for them, but we'll get to that in a second. And and like you said, Oceanside, uh, North Charleston, both moving up to three a as of right now. Uh, Of course we should also say, you know, none of this is official yet. Uh, Schools still have a chance to appeal uh, these decisions from the high school league. And so nothing will be official until probably, you know, beginning of February. But yeah, you know, I know some people wanted Oceanside to move up to four a, like you said, uh, You know, I kind of like it better this way, you know, move them up to 3A and, you know, maybe in two years, then you move them up to 4A, you know, assuming the school keeps growing. But, you know, I I still think this is a it's going to be a fine move for them. You know, besides from football, you know, putting them in a region with Bishop England, that's going to set up a lot of good soccer matches, a lot of good volleyball matches and lacrosse matches, too. So, you know, I, I think we could start to see a really good rivalry between Oceanside and Bishop England develop over the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, they'll kind of get that. Uh, the, it'd be the Battle of, uh, I guess it'd be the Battle of, of um, Cooper, the River over there, the Cooper River Bridge or whatever, yeah. over that way. That'd be an interesting conversation. Uh, I did see a lot of people put a lot of interest in having Burkett in, in, in 2A, and, and there was maybe a little bit of fuss that these guys maybe should go to 1A football. Uh, with them now, of course, uh, they're in a very tough region over there. If this region sticks, Woodland moves into this region, of course, it'd be Woodland, Timberland. Uh, Ridgeland, Hardyville, Phillips, Simmons, the other school over there uh, on that side of the world, Lake Marion, going to come in here, and then Burke High School. Uh, your thoughts on this Region 6, again, if it sticks uh, into a football?
4: Yeah, that's the thing that's tough for that is that, that's just a lot of travel for Burke. I mean, other than Phillips Simmons, you're talking every school is at least a 45-minute drive away. So, that, that's a rough deal for them. I wouldn't be surprised if they appeal. And... And try to move down to one A, but but yeah, that's a brutal region. You 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 put Timberland uh, and Woodland in the same region. Uh, I mean that's that's a that's a long haul for both of them as well. So, but they're two they're both really good football programs, and and that'll be fun to see them have to go against each other every year.
1: Live right now Kevin Billadu from Live Five News over at Live Five Sports. Uh, as always, he is our uh, the man with the plan uh, when it comes down to it and uh, helps us out here with all of our local high school and across the state of South Carolina sports. Uh, let's go up to 4A football, where James Island goes from 5A to 4A. They go over to Region 7 if it sticks. Again, none of this is guaranteed until February. So this right now is kind of a throw it, see what sticks, what doesn't stick. We'll put it back on the board somewhere else. But Region 7 in 4A has uh, Beaufort, Bluffton, Colleton County, Hilton Head Island, James Island, Lucy Belcombe, like you mentioned, and May River. Now you talking about if these guys, if you're a bus driver getting paid by the mile here, you're gonna get pretty pay, you're gonna get paid pretty well. Uh, but uh, your, your thoughts on this one here with James Allen, by the way, uh, you know this is a team also that's uh, hasn't said yet who their coach is. We kind of have an idea of what we think might happen over there. But that being said, uh, talk, talk on both of those fronts. Number one, with James Allen coming down in this region as a whole, and then we'll talk a little bit later before I get you out of here about the coaching situation.
4: Yeah, and, you know, with James Island moving down, that becomes a much more attractive coaching situation because now you're not going up against, you know, Berkeley and, and Fort and, and all these teams that they've been playing every year. So, you know, there's, that's nothing against Colladin and, and the Hilton Head, the other schools in that region, but it, it's definitely a step down, and so that, that makes that James Island job a little bit more attractive. But, yeah, like you said, James Island, and especially the, the new Lucy Beckham school, that's just a lot of travel for them. And, you know, I met that yesterday, and some people say, well, you know, it's only once every other year that you go to these schools, so it's not a big deal. And for football, that's true. But, you know, you got to remember that for basketball, you're going there every year. For soccer, you're going there every year. And so to have to make those trips from Mount Pleasant or from James Island to Collinan and to, to almost Savannah, and you know, all the way down to Beaufort and all that, that's, that's just a lot of travel. And that that's tough for – you know, you're you're thinking on school nights. You know, you've got to drive down an hour to Buford and then play your games, and then you're leaving a couple hours later for another hour long ride, and you're not getting back till eleven eleven thirty, and then you got to turn around and go to school the next day, and and that's tough. And you know, I don't I don't really have a, a solution to that because there really isn't one unless you wanted to keep James Island in five A. But you know, that's just a tough deal. And you know, I was talking to my old friend Andy Pruitt yesterday, the the old Live Five Sports director who now works for Charleston County schools, and he was just telling me that, that you know, I was asking about why Beckham's starting off so high in 4A, and he just says there's going to be so many kids in that school right when they open up, and within the first hmm. couple of years, they're expecting thousands and thousands of kids to be in that school already, so there really was no other move than, than to put them into 4A.
1: Right now, with Kevin Billadu, here's our one-stop shop, our connection to the Low Country athletes around uh, the area. But we also, of course, uh, cover some stuff around the state with him as well. But talk about this new realignment situation that's come up. One thing it didn't really do, other than you see James Island jumping out of Region Seven, Region Eight stays the same. Region Seven uh, has Berkeley, Cane Bay, Goose Creek, Stratford, and Wando. And uh, the other side of the uh, of I twenty six is Dorchester County's Region Eight: Ashley Ridge, Fort Dorchester, Stahl, Somerville, and West Ashley. Now, uh, no news there. There was conversation at one time that they were going to try to go a smaller, uh, I would say a smaller number, but larger teams inside each region. For any reason uh, that didn't, for whatever reason that didn't happen, which I'm glad it didn't. I like the factor that you have the Berkeley region per se in the Dorchester County region, it's kind of like the SEC and the ACC kind of match up when, when these two teams play one another. Uh, but out of all of these, one thing I did notice that even in the upstate, I went back and looked at the upstate man up there where Burns is at. Uh, they put a couple of teams in there who quite frankly, you almost feel sorry for them right off the rip before the season even started. Uh, but, but I think you, you keened on on something pretty quickly there. We only really kind of think about this in a football aspect, but this thing affects every sport in the entire high school league umbrella and that does affect basketball and wrestling and softball and track and field and all of that. So there's a lot of running around to be done. So your thoughts on that, and, of course, um, you know, like even my, my producer showing me this with uh, Wade Hampton and Riverside, you know, uh, they're up there with, with some of the big dogs, man. I mean, when when you talk about it, they're up there with Burns and Dorman and uh, Spartanburg. You know, it's, it's going to be tough for those teams like that to compete.
4: Yeah, it, you know, the, the school that comes to mind for that is Saul for me. Because I I talked with with some of the people over at Stahl a couple years ago when they first got moved up to 5A. And they were supposed to be a 4A school, and they petitioned to be a 5A school. And, you know, I thought that was crazy because they were having trouble winning games in football at the the 3 and the 2A level that they had been in. So I didn't really understand why they wanted to move to 5A. And they were telling me it it was about travel. You know, they were going to be in 4A. And they were going to be in that region with Buford and Bluffton and Collin County. And, and they just didn't want to make those trips all the time. You know, they just didn't want to spend their budget money on, on gas and making all those trips every week. So they petitioned to move up to 5A and, you know, they were say they were saying, you know, we're just going to take our lumps in 5A in football and, and have to play Fort Dorchester and Somerville and all these schools. And, you know, it's, it's not ideal. It's not what they want to do, but it's, it's the best thing overall for their school. And, you know, that's what these guys have to think of. And that's what the high school league's trying to think of, too. You know, I know we, we cast them as the villains sometimes, but they're trying to do what's best for, for everybody as a whole. And, it, you know, it doesn't work out for everybody. And, you know, for some schools, you know, they, they get kind of a raw deal. But that's just all everyone's trying to do is, is do the best thing for all the kids. And it's not just for football, like you said, it's, it's for basketball and for soccer and, and volleyball and all these other sports, too.
1: And then you have lacrosse. Who would have ever thought we'd talk lacrosse? And I I know there's club sports over there with, like, hockey and stuff like that. I don't think it affects them. They kind of do their own scheduling. Uh, You know, now let's talk a little bit about this uh, national signing day before we get into the coaching carousel. Uh, Big day, of course, uh, for a lot of guys. Uh, You know, of course, uh, you know, you had Fort Dorchester, had two or three of their guys uh, sign. You and I actually were over at Fort Dorchester a couple days ago watching, uh, you know, Emmanuel Johnson. Of course, uh, Brandon Johnson signed their contracts to go – play their games either in, at Georgia Tech for one and, and and Navy for the other. And then, of course, there's a young man up there at the uh, Shrine Bowl. He joined us on Monday. He's heading to uh, play for the Gamecocks. That's going to be a big deal for him. Uh, and, and then, of course, Adam McKenna, he travels now. He'll go to Rhode Island. These kids are going north uh, after their time is done here. Matt Duncan just joined us from Ashley Ridge, the quarterback that's heading up to Temple. But other than the guys that we just named here, who else kind of signed some big deals? Uh, They're either going to be heading uh, to a local college or somewhere outside of the, uh, the borders of South Carolina.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, we pretty much just touched on everyone right there. It was was kind of a slow early signing day here in the low country. You know, I talked to a lot of coaches on uh, Monday and Tuesday and, and the the overwhelming majority of the kids are are waiting until February this year. Everyone's kind of waiting to see what's, what's shaken out and and what offers are coming after early signing day. And that's kind of one of the, the unexpected things we didn't really see with this early early signing days. You know, now most of the big names have, have, you know, put pen to paper and they're all set. And now now this gives coaches for the college team, you know, this, this six-week period or so, six or seven weeks, where they kind of see, okay, we've got all these guys signed. What are our holes, you know, left to still fill? And they can now kind of focus, all right, we need this. So here's this kid. Let's go and, and really start to push on him and, and see what we can get out of this. And so that's, it's kind of interesting to see how that, how that's going to work out over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, you mentioned the big ones over at Ford, Emmanuel Johnson going to Georgia tech. I mean, I, I just think the world of that kid, you know, watching him play this year, you know, he just, he really developed, really got his body into great shape this, this past season and, and just became a dominant force on the defense. And, and it seems like he's still growing too. So really excited to see how he works out. Brandon Johnson, Man, you were right there with me when we were talking to him. That kid is so excited about going to Navy. I mean, that w- that was just so much fun to see. And, you know, I I put a, a soundbite from him up on my my Twitter page at Live 5 and that's gotten, you know, o- almost 2,000 views over the last couple of days. So, it, w- it was really inspiring to see someone just that excited about going to Navy. So, that was really cool.
1: His answer was I thought was awesome, too. He's not just looking for his four-year plan. He went for his 40-year plan. And just the way that these two guys – answered the questions that we were asking and having the conversation that we had with these guys, I I thought was very impressive. And it just kind of shows the character of not only, uh, you know, their, their family where they're raised at, of course, the school and even coach of Brad, man, he was, he was quite an entertaining, he MC'd that thing, man. (laughs) Very entertaining, very fun. And, and uh, it's a side of coach of Brad that people don't see you and I get a chance to see that from time to time. Uh, You know, I'm up here in Somerville, so I see it a little bit more than you do. Uh, But that being said, you you know, everybody sees him on the sideline as that guy, man, he's, he's kind of like coach Knox, man, just a different, uh, you know, he's the low country version of, you know, let's go get it done. He's, he's not happy because the game's going on. And then he goes into a different mode, you know, it's almost uh, two different sides of coach, but you know, you saw that loving side of him on Wednesday. And and that's true for a lot of coaches as now we're going to kind of transition this thing with coaches carousel. of course uh, coach Call is one of those guys, man, he's, He's kind of the Dabo Sweeney yeah. of the high school league, and, and I call him all the time. And we're both Gamecock guys, so we kind of chuckle a little bit about it. And I always say, man, you're, you're a lot like Dabo, man. <laughs> he kind of like, all right, well, you know, and, and it's a compliment. He knows it's a compliment because the way his style of coaching it works, man. And, and so he's doing that in Somerville, and what Coach Sprad's doing is working in Somerville. Uh, but now we're going to have another new name to talk about up there in the Somerville area, and that's going to be, of course, over to Ashley Ridge. Uh, with, uh, you know, Kenny stepping down, that's, that's a big deal. And, and one thing I think we'll agree on is that anytime we reached out over there, he's always answered us. If we see him in public, you can see him at the Lowe's or wherever, just like all the other coaches that, that, that we're very fortunate here in the Low country to be around. But Kenny's no different, man. He's always stopped with his family and, and just talked to you about life or what's going on. And, and we'll definitely miss him on the sideline and around the, the, uh, the, the school over there at Asher Ridge as far as being the head football coach. But you got any news, like what happened, where it came from? It kind of shocked a lot of people. Well, we heard about this a couple – about a month ago, and then it kind of comes yeah. to light here uh, about four weeks later.
4: Yeah, well, you know, I just want to say, first off, how much I, I've enjoyed working with Kenny over these these past 10, 11 years. Uh, like you said, always a guy. He will always stop and talk to you no matter when you call, whatever you need. You know, he was one of the first guys I called on Thanksgiving Day after Coach McKissick passed. Uh, of, course, of course, he was an assistant at Somerville with Coach – and, you know, I left him a message thinking I would talk to him the next day or sometime over the weekend. He called me back about 15 minutes later. And, you know, we had a, a, a nice little 20 minute talk just about Coach McKissick and, and what the coach meant to him. So I, I appreciate him so much. Uh, you know, I know the grind of coaching has really been getting to Kenny over the past couple of years. I know he, he's been talking for for several seasons now about, about stepping down and maybe moving to an, to an administrative role. So this was something that, that's kind of been on the horizon. I think this is a good time for him to go. You know, he spent the last several years uh, with a Duncan at a quarterback, whether it was Steven or Matthew now. And with Matthew heading off to Temple, this seems like a, a good time for him to kind of take a step back and, and you know, spend more time with his family and, and focus on that administrative work a little bit more.
1: Any ideas of who you think kind of slides in here? Is there a guy, you know, Coach Marion's been now uh, there a year, right? He came down from uh, West Ashley and and, and found himself as the OC over there. Or do you see, and and it seems to be kind of a common thing, these guys are going to go outside to to kind of restart this thing, kind of rebuild this foundation over there with just a different look. Uh, But it's a very attractive job. I I do know that. It's probably out of all the ones, and, and we can kind of dive into the rest of them now. Of course, James Island's open, West Ashley's open, Asher Ridge is open, and then, hand and I don't know if any of the other ones around the area are open, but those are four really good jobs who have a lot of opportunity and some really good students walking around those hallways that are some athletes on Friday night.
4: Yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as Ashley Ridge, we'll start with them. Uh, I can't remember the last time a team had two former 5A head coaches on their staff, uh, but that's what Ashley Ridge had last year. You know, you mentioned Bobby Marion. They also had Chris Kander on the staff, uh, the former Goose Creek head coach. So, if they, if they want to keep it with what they've got, what they've had going the last few years, either one of those guys would probably be able to step in right away and, and take over. Now, obviously, you know, we know that, you know, even though they don't always have opening press conferences, you always try to want to win the press conference. And you always want to, you know, have that big flashy name come up when you announce this hiring. Uh, I don't know if either one of those guys does that. I think both are really good coaches. But like you said, maybe they want to kind of hit the restart button on this program and start over and bring in someone from the outside. So I really don't know what Ashley Ridge is looking to do in that, but they have options right there on their staff. Uh, you mentioned West Ashley. Uh, uh, William Weinberg was the interim head coach this past season uh, after they let Bobby Marion go back in August. Uh, he took him to the playoffs and, and, you know, at West Ashley, that's nothing to sneeze at that, you know, that's that has not been an automatic over the past decade. So, he did a nice job to get them there. Again, I don't know if if they want to set a, a, a whole restart on the program or not, but, but it, you know, it, it seems like they have options as well. James Island, they also have options right there on their staff. Uh, Rick Reitz, the former Porter Gout head coach, he went over just this past season and become the offensive coordinator under Ike Allred. Uh, coach Allred stepped down last week. So now it seems like this is kind of tailor-made for Coach Reed. you know, I know he's wanted that challenge of, of, you know, he put up such huge offensive numbers at Porter Gaud. I know he's wanted that challenge to try to do that at the 5A level and now what would be the 4A level. So, it seems like this is kind of tailor-made for him. So, that would kind of be my guess as is, is it goes with Rick Reese over at James Island. Hand uh, in hand, we haven't heard a lot right now. I know they're still kind of going through the interview process. They were hoping to have a coach uh, set up till you know, right around the end of January, beginning of February, before the, the main signing day. So I, I know they're still talking to a few people, but nothing definite right now over there either.
1: love right now with uh, our buddy Kevin Belladue with Live 5 Sports. He is the man with the plan over there in the uh, sports department. He's uh, our local connection here to all of our high school hallways and across the uh, college front as well here locally and abroad around the uh, Palmetto State. Kevin, one final thing when it comes to high school football. Of course, uh, you know, we know there's a lot of guys that are going to graduate this year, uh, a lot of classes it seems like, um certain schools are going to graduate a a larger class than others as of right now when it comes to 2020 who do you think is going to be a big splash in the next year you know you've got of course uh, that region eight that region seven and then other than that who else do you also look to be kind of the, the the guys to watch out for kind of a pre look ahead into the crystal ball in the next year
4: well I mean, you always have to start with Fort Dorchester at this point. You know, they, they've kind of earned that right where they've been the best team in the Lowcountry pretty much for, for the last seven, eight years. And, you know, they've got that quarterback, Zoltan Osborne. And, you know, when we were over at Fort for signing day the other day, Steve, Steve LaPrade still just such a big smile talking about him. And, and he thinks he really has a superstar in Zoltan. He, you know, he, he mentioned Deshaun Watson as a guy he thinks Olton can turn into and, and obviously that is high praise on several levels. So a lot of expectations for the Fort next year. The question there is going to be the defense and, you know, like I said, they had three guys just sign on to play division one football. So they've got a lot of holes to fill over there, but you know, I I really think they can you know, kind of step in and, and keep doing what they've been doing. Uh, Somerville, you know, they had a freshman quarterback play this year, so I'm expecting him to mature and, and, do some good things in this off season and, and get ready for next year. Uh, I really like, uh, you know, obviously Timberland has has always been a, a program that it doesn't really matter who comes and who goes. Art Craig just has his guys ready to play and, and just kind of plugs them into the system he has, and they just get ready to go from there. And I really like the, the culture they're, they're building over at Woodland right now. And I, I, I really think Coach Ford is doing some good things, and, and I, I would expect them to – they kind of pick up where they started this year, even though they lose Lavelle Davis, uh, and that's a kid we didn't mention from signing day, but he signed to play up at Virginia receiver. So I think they can they can do some good things. Uh, I'm I'm really curious to see how Oceanside uh, bounces back from this year. You know they lose Keegan Williams, they lose Sean Cooney on the offense, uh, but I mean Coach Greer is one of the best best coaches in the Low Country right now. So I'm I'm curious to see how he plugs in those holes and and how they take it to, to the next level for next season.
1: Live right now, again, uh, find, wrapping this up with Kevin Bill over there at Live 5 Sports, uh, part of the Live 5 News uh, guys over there in West Ashley as we uh, kind of look back, look ahead, and uh, look around the uh, the high school Friday night lights here. So We've had a, a ton of headlines here uh, kind of creeping up on us. Uh, final thing there, uh, back to National Signing Day, Clemson, of course, uh, number one signing class in the country. Man, it's almost uh, hysterical watching these kids come from across the country. I mean, when they get a kid decommit from LSU on the defense and come to Clemson, that's a big deal. Uh, talk about that. Talk about the, the the Gamecocks. They ended up getting a big surprise to um, verbally commit. Now, what I understood was the reason he couldn't sign was something maybe with Skeezer or something like that. If you know anything about that, kind of update us there. And then the Gamecocks overview and then any of the local schools here uh, that may have had a big day we just didn't get a chance to hear about because they do focus on the Power Five conferences more than anybody.
4: Yeah, you know, especially I think for, for this early signing day, this is really a day for the for the Power Fives more than anything. But, uh, yeah, you mentioned Clemson. They brought in six five-star recruits, and that's double of anyone else in the country. You know, Alabama, a couple other places had three five-stars. Clemson's bringing in six. And, you know, the role they're on recruiting-wise, is, is ridiculous. And, you know, somebody mentioned – I can't remember where I read it, but, you know, you look at the balance they brought in, too. You know, they're not just bringing in, you know, ten receivers and figuring out from there. They're, they brought in, you know, a bunch of defensive linemen, some, a few linebackers, some D-backs. They, brought it, they got one quarterback like Dabo likes to do every, every signing period. They got a running back that they think is really good. So, just kind of the depth they're bringing in, it's it just an amazing signing class and, and pretty much the consensus number one signing class in the entire country. Uh, South Carolina, yeah, you know, you mentioned Jordan Burke, the kid from Hammond. Uh, he was the, the big question mark, whether or not he was going to go to Clemson or but he chose to stay close to home, and he's going to go to South Carolina. And, you know, now we're just, you know, I haven't heard what you heard about the, the SESA thing, but uh, we're all just kind of waiting for him to put pen to paper and, and make things official with the Gamecocks. Uh, you know, the Citadel brought in a few guys. Charles Southern, I think, only signed four. Uh, so like I said, you know, th- this early day is really more for the big guys. And, and, you know, again, you know, with the the early signing day in December and now the main one in February, this kind of gives the little schools more of a chance to, to focus in on who they want and who's left and, and who they can get to, to fill the holes in their program.
1: You know, one thing also that, that I look at and uh, just kind of piggyback off what you just said, I wonder how much, and you've already seen it in a couple of colleges, where they kind of see what they need to bring in on the early signing day, and then they go to this thing that I've kind of labeled off the uh, college football draft, which is known as the portal. Uh, You've already seen Jay Bentley kind of hit it. Now he's already landed over uh, in Utah. You've seen a kid from Maine come down, uh, a quarterback, and uh, sign on board with uh, uh, Liberty. This is one of the things that that I wonder, Kevin, how much is this going to have effect on the second signing period? when these coaches start to kind of load up their rosters and kind of put guys in the stables prior to um, who's already there, you know, again, if you don't sign early, is it going to affect you here later? Thanks to the portal.
4: Yeah. And that's a great point, but you know, you know, I, I think coaches would still, and you know, especially we see it at Clemson, you know, Dabo, he doesn't take kids from the portal. He doesn't take transfer kids. And, you know, he says over and over that's that's not a knock on, on the kids who enter the portal or anything like that. It's just not how, how they want to build a program. And I still think, you know, coaches are, are going to prefer to bring in high school kids if they can. And, you know, the, the opportunity to to have those kids on campus for four full seasons as opposed to one or two, you know, that's a big difference for them. And so, you know, unless you're talking about the, the kind of top tier talent guys, you know, I, I think coaches would still rather go and, and get a kid from high school than, than opposed to grab a kid from the portal. But it, you know, whether it's the portal or whether it's the, the later signing day, it's still a chance for them to, you know, look around. And, you know, now, like we said, they've got six weeks until the next signing day where, you know, they've they've got the early signing kids in and they can see, you know, what positions they need to work on. And now they can zero in and focus on, on those guys and a couple of kids that have that position that they need. And, and I, I think you're going to see a lot more, you're going to see a lot less guys, I should say fall through the cracks and, and teams are going to be able to, to, bringing the kids with, with the most talent that's in a place they need to be in.
1: Well, Kevin, as always, buddy, without you, man, I don't know if I'd be half as good as we are here on the local front, man. We appreciate your time, your connection, your contribution to Southern Sports Central. Of course, uh, you guys uh, make sure you follow him over there. He is, uh, again, uh, the man with the plan. He does a great job, not only in Friday Night Lights, man, what you're continuing to do uh, in the world of basketball with all of your interviews and your follow-up there is incredible. Of course, he is the sports director. Uh journalist over there at Live 5 News, also, of course, uh, head of the uh, sports department. You can follow him over there at Kevin Live 5 on Twitter. Now, Kevin, uh, any other things you got going on this weekend? I know the Shrine Bowl is happening tomorrow. We've got a handful of our kids up there. But uh, what's the plan for you guys over there at the sports department this weekend?
4: Yeah, the Shrine Bowl is big coming up on Saturday. Uh, the College of Charleston is home. They play South Carolina State. Uh, in basketball coming up Saturday afternoon so that's a big one but other than that man today is my first day off in in a while and I'm I am now off until January 2nd so I think this is the this is the first time in about four years that I've had more than four days off in a row so my wife I think she's going to take my phone and take my computer and (laughs) stuff them in a closet for a couple days and I I think that's fair so we're going to I'm going to try to unplug for a few days and and maybe maybe dip my head back up for a day or two after Christmas and see what happens.
1: Well, man, we're glad we got to catch you before you got to break. That Honey to list is uh, long and strong, I'm sure, buddy. So uh, enjoy that. I'm sure I'll see you over at uh, Lowe's or Home Depot here over the next couple of days because you also, like me, live up in the Somerville area. So we'll look forward to catching up with you, man. But uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family, man. If we don't talk to you before, Happy New Year. And, uh, thanks again for all that you do for high school sports, all the young kids here. Uh, you give them uh, a lot more than an opportunity. You give them a chance to be heard and seen and, uh, you really dive in and, and love on them as much as we do. So we appreciate you, buddy.
4: No problem, bud. You guys have a happy holiday. We'll see you next year. Everyone take care.
1: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, there he goes. That is Kevin Bill And, you know, we talk about coaches a lot of times, the avenues and the time that they give away from their families. But you know, these sports guys, they do the same thing, man. They, they don't stop when the season's over because it really never stops. We cover it all here, uh, of course, uh, on Southern Sports Central. They do it at Live 5 News and across the deal. So we got a break. We're behind schedule. We're going to catch up real quick, so don't go anywhere. Coming up, Ben Moore from 24-7 Sports checks in from the ATL. we got a lot to happen over there with him as well. We'll be right back.
5: My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot
0: Carolina sun. I called the tent farm and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays
5: for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make
0: sense. Don't be alarmed, call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed, I called the farm.
2: I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed, I called the farm.
0: I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed, call the farm.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Hillman alongside uh, Will Porter. He's done a great job this morning getting all these guests in here, getting them situated, making sure everybody's ready to roll. Uh, And we look forward to, uh, you know, 2020. He and I are going to take this thing uh, to the next level, so stay tuned. Now we are going to continue to stay over there on the hotline. We've taken the bus over to uh, Atlanta, where we'll now check in on the Mass Burgers hotline with another guest, as we uh, say top of the morning, to Ben Moore from 24-7 Sports. Uh, Brother... How's life up there in uh Atlanta, Georgia?
5: It's good, man. A little uh, little chilly, uh, but uh no man. It's uh, uh we're we're staring at Christmas here in five days and happy holidays to you and, and uh, your family as well, sir. Uh uh it's been it's been a wild wild one, uh, as your uh, your previous guest said. Uh hopefully some time off for some folks. Uh but uh yeah, we uh, we we've been steaming right along.
1: No doubt about it, man. We'll get right into it. Recruiting day, winners and losers kind of come to mind here as uh, as you were busy. I know we tried to get you in here on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, and it just didn't happen. So, of course, uh, Thursday came by, and I said, let's just wait to Friday. Some things would be at least settled from all the dust flying, from everybody going different directions. But out of you, give me your top three or four. If you want to go five and five, that's fine as well. But who are your top five winners in college football after Friday, after Wednesday, and who are your top five what happened on that campus, uh, loser-wise? I guess you would say, uh, when it comes to national early signing day.
5: Yeah, the more things uh, you know, change the more they stay the same. Uh, certainly, the top top uh, schools in the 24/7 composite rankings. You, Clemson taking that top spot, wrestling away from an SEC school for what looks to be the first time. Still, some uh, some guys left to sign, moving and shaking. But uh, an impressive sign signing class there, Alabama. They're at number two. Uh, you have Ohio State. Uh, there at number three, and and I really like what Georgia did as well. I was really impressed uh, with with how they closed, and certainly at the wide receiver position, flipping, uh, you know, Julian Burton from a, a kid that it was um, committed to LSU, uh, really really impressive. And <laughs> you guys alluded to it a little bit earlier, um, you know what South Carolina did late, and certainly um, you know the addition of Mike Bobo, uh, that offensive staff, it really really impressed. Uh, certainly with what their level of recruiting has been, and and grabbing Birch. A local kid there, uh, you know, certainly away from Clemson, is a huge coup. uh, But I have been impressed with with those guys. Um, You know, been very interested to see uh, a program, um, you know, in flux in Florida State as well. You know, Mike Norvell moving moving in there and and was able to grab some kids. uh, But a nod down the street, uh, certainly Georgia Tech uh, with with arguably the most impressive uh, signing class they've had in more than a decade. Uh, I believe they're up to number 23 in the 24-7 uh, rankings. And, uh, you know, was able to uh, grab a four-star quarterback in Jeff Sims, who'd be committed to Florida State as well. So, uh, re- really impressed with what, what, uh, what the Jackets did. And, and uh, you know, they are certainly doing uh, doing some things uh, there under Jeff Collins.
1: Now, we talk about the the ones who kind of got you on the upside of things. Emmanuel Johnson, by the way, one of those kids that's heading over to Georgia Tech. He's from Fort Dorchester. A uh, big defensive guy here who, uh, you know, we're going to send you guys uh, away here uh, for this time next year. He'll do some big things pretty quickly, I'd imagine. I mean, this kid got bigger every day, it seemed like. Every second, if he turned around, we turned around, and there he was just growing daily. Uh, but, uh, of course, he's going to go over there and, and do some stuff with the rumbling wreck. They've uh, got that first year under them, man, where they had to introduce everybody to that new position that they'd never heard about called a tight end, uh, which I thought the character of that coach when he said that shows a lot of things that, that you can build a program around, stuff like that. Uh, Now, that's the ups. Now, how about the downs there? LSU, even though I get they won a national championship, I get it's an early signing day, but they had multiple schools able to flip their kids, and and that's unusual when you've got this much success on our campus. Like LSU does right now, they've got a lot of trophies over there that they keep getting daily. They've got a Heisman Trophy over there. They've got a Coach of the Year over there. They've got a winning scenario over at Louisiana. However, Georgia picks away some receivers. Clemson picks away some defensive guys. That's kind of unheard of for me when you got this type of success over there. Uh, would you label them in the top five as far as uh, not a good signing period? And I know Florida also was a question on this list as well.
5: Yeah, pretty, really strong class for You Still finished top five. It is tough uh, with the decommitments. And I think specifically on the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, folks were able to say, hey, look, you know, you, you know it's it's wonderful to go and see. Uh, what Joe Burrow has been able to do this season, um, but you're going to you're going to go to that that school and Joe Burrow's not going to be there. He's going to be in the NFL, and you don't really know uh, who's going to be taking snaps under center there for the Tigers. And um, I think certainly that that could uh, have some level of impact. And part of it too is the kids just want to play. They want to get an opportunity to go on the field as quickly as possible. Looking at the depth chart, uh, LSU has racked up a ton of talented players on both sides of the ball, and uh, you know there there will lose some lose some players to the NFL this year. Uh, but uh, you just look to try to find the, uh, the, the best fit and best opportunity to make an impact on on the field. Uh, yeah, Florida was an interesting story as well, uh, you know, watching on Sunday day. And sort of they have some holes to fill, uh, you know, moving in. And they got to continue to, to get more talent, uh, trying to catch Georgia, you know, and trying to keep, keep up with them, um, you know, in, in, the, in the SEC East there. But, you no know, overall solid class. Um, there, there was some
0: disappointments
5: uh, across the country as well. The uh, Southern Cal, see, i have seen that certainly on social media, Twitter, their fans getting after it uh, after being in the 80s. Uh, you're also seeing the um, you know, struggle uh, a little bit, and I don't, don't blame uh, you know new Ole Miss coach Slade Kiffin. He was introduced on the 9th of December, having to put together a signing class in nine days, basically. So uh, as there's a ton of benefits in this early signing period, there's also some uh, that, you know certainly obstacles there for new staff which uh, go ahead and, you know, uh, have have new coaches in place. And I think that's the most difficult part about this. But uh, uh, yeah, there is another exciting day in February. They can regroup, figure out who's left out there, uh, set up some business in January, and then rock and roll from there.
1: Live right now with Ben Moore from 24-7 Sports out of Atlanta, Georgia. He covers all this stuff around the uh, college football forefront for us over there as we have very fortunate to have a connection with that 24-7 group as these guys are huge contributors to uh, Southern Sports Central. Uh, another team that kind of came to mind, and Virginia Tech has always recruited well. These guys seem to have always done well. They finished at the very uh, in a lot of bottom numbers, uh, unusual for them. Is it because they've got such a heavy class sitting on the campus now? Or are they leaning into this portal? Uh, and, and I'm going to ask you kind of a back-to-back door question here. Is Virginia Tech not having their, the early signing period Surprises that we're used to seeing with Virginia Tech, but you're also seeing already early a lot of these kids utilizing uh, being utilized in the portal. Uh, you saw it, of course, already at Liberty, where they've already brought a kid in from Maine all the way on the, uh, the as far north as you can go in the United States. He's already signed on board as a quarterback. That's going to affect a lot of these kids in high school, wouldn't you imagine, Ben?
5: It, it is. It really has, uh, you know, kind of put a distinct third. Um, you know, third signing period and signing, you know, avenue for these coaches is they need to watch the portal. They need to see what graduate transfers are going to do uh, if you need immediate help on the offensive line. And, all right, quarterback, you've seen that specifically. Uh, Virginia Tech was very low. They only signed 10 kids on Wednesday, but uh, they're, they're sitting there right now, dead last in the ACC. Certainly not something uh, that, that folks uh, who follow recruiting are used to seeing, uh, but they do have some room uh, to, to certainly move forward and move up the list. Um, you Not sure how many impact guys they can corral here in the next couple of weeks uh, before the February signing period, but so they may be one of those very active teams uh, scouring the transfer portal, finding guys um, that, that are able to uh, to step right in and get them back competing in the ACC.
1: Now, we look over here in South Carolina. I don't know how much you pay attention to the athletes, and I'm going to answer that for you. I know you do a lot because you guys over at Georgia State, who you help cover for with 24-7 Sports, you guys have done a great job. You've come in the state. You've gotten a kid out of Burns High School. You've gotten a quarterback out of the Palmetto State. You've got a few other kids that have committed a very good, attractive class of talent coming in uh, and being taken and putting on this uh, Panther bus and taken back over there to uh of course uh, to, to atlanta to georgia state and, and a great coaching staff with that talk to us a little bit about some of these young kids bird of course is one again i know you had a quarterback that you got out of this class out of the state of south carolina and a few other big names that really kind of shocked you shocked everybody here saying wow these guys are really kind of picking us apart here getting some of the kids that uh, quite frankly you know i i would imagine have stayed here in the state and played somewhere locally
5: yeah, it was a really impressive class and, and certainly the highest rated in program history. Uh, folks that uh, don't follow Georgia State, this is a 10-year-old ten year, ten year old program, and then Coach Elliott has continued to progress and, and get stronger there. Uh, they had a very, very strong close in last week and a half. Uh, uh, went into South Carolina, as you mentioned, signed six players. Uh, Michele Carlos, Calisardo is, is uh, you know, certainly the, the Gatorade player of the year in the state of South Carolina. It was really impressive. Uh, but I, I agree with you, Chris, Chris Bird, from, uh, tight in from Burns. Um and a uh, guy that's kind of the sleeper of the class is Amon Green, uh kid that played uh, – was a, was a pro-style quarterback in high school, but the Panthers are going to play him at tight end as well. Heck of an athlete. And another kid that I like a lot is uh, Justin Abraham uh, uh, from
3: – uh linebacker from
5: Hartsville, uh, South Carolina. uh pass rusher that can play outside linebacker or stick his hand in the dirt and get after it a little bit. A uh, really, really tough kid, impressive kid. And uh, look, looking forward to see what they can do. And the biggest thing the Panthers, uh, you know, will we'll have is they have uh, these signees, uh, four of them will be enrolling early. So uh, especially at a program, you know, certainly the mid-major group of five ranks, that's a huge uh, opportunity for them to come in and go through winter workouts, get an opportunity to, to come in. And then the late news uh, that broke um, – you know, about a week ago, uh, or almost a week ago, uh, Jameis Williams, who uh, who is who prepped here at Grayson High School in Atlanta, uh, former South Carolina defensive back, is transferring home. He'll be playing for uh, for Georgia State, and uh, Coach Elliott mentioned him on Wednesday as that became official. And uh, he's going to have an opportunity to, uh, to certainly have it, to, to get on special teams defense and uh, maybe even take some snaps on offense with a little bit of some of the rumblings just to use some of that uh, 4.29 speed that he has and, uh, and size. So should be fun to watch a player like that. can really, really do some uh, damage in the Sun Belt. And uh, we'll be interested to see where he ends up uh, fitting and uh, certainly helping uh, this Georgia State team, which is preparing for the, uh, the Nova Home Loans Arizona ball, as we speak.
1: Right now with Ben Moore from 24-7 Sports, uh, covers this all around the the country as well as uh, dives in a little closer to a school that he gets to cover a little closer there, of course, and uh, and the likes, of course, of Georgia State out of uh, the city of Atlanta. They've done a great job facility-wise. They just hosted, if I'm not mistaken, the state championship games where Cedar Grove now has won three out of the last four state championships in that in that division. Uh what is it over there, man? What's happening at Cedar Grove? I mean, we're very close to the coaching staff here at Southern Sports Central. We've seen one of their coaches uh that I actually grew up playing against in high school. I mean he's from that Florence area. You talk about Hartsville, you know, all that area is kind of the area that we all played against each other there. Uh but he's taking it, Coach Smith is taking it to a level. Now you got another coach in here who's taking it to another level. But you saw the bond there. There was a video that came out where Coach Smith comes from the sideline, recognizes the kids. They got a little chant kind of going back and forth, and then he hugs the new coach right the new guy that's in charge over there and then walks away but that bond that they continue to have there that coaching tree that comes from there i mean there's even a coach over here uh, in the state of South Carolina that uh, coach parks who was a coach over there at uh, at of course at cedar grove there's another coach down on the uh, coming towards the uh, the coastline uh, and still in Georgia that's a, a coach over there as well uh, that came from that coaching tree but what what's going on in this campus man that, that they're growing great athletes Great coaches, discipling, basically creating disciples.
5: Yeah, that's just the impressive thing about Georgia uh, coaches in, in general. I think the level of coaching and you seeing the players have an impact to the next level. But Miguel Patrick is the guy you were talking about, a uh, guy that's in their first first uh, season um, at Cedar Grove, and, and that area is very uh, is very strong. They have very good players, uh, certainly the number one one of the number one uh, wide receiver in the country last year, Jaden Hazelwood, who went off to Oklahoma, uh, had an impact there. Uh, as a true freshman and uh they, they have a ton of guys that pump out uh of that program and guys want to win. They they go to Cedar Grove and, and uh it's located uh just east of the of the downtown city of Atlanta in a in a very uh you know strong area for for overall uh recruiting and, and football. Uh, most folks know that program well but uh both both sides of the line, you know, offensive and defensive lines uh, have sent guys uh, to the FBS ranks and honestly success breeds success and, and I think uh, you're continuing to see that. You know, certainly, no know coach Jimmy Smith, uh, who's on the Georgia State staff now as the running backs coach, did a wonderful job there, uh, building building that program and continuing to have it rock and roll. And uh, they continue to to uh, you know to progress and, and continue to hold that that title. But you mentioned uh, yet yeah, Georgia State had the opportunity to host. Um, you know, the state championship, uh, all nine classifications, including uh, public and private uh, over a two day span, the weather was not great. Uh, you had some folks who were uh, kind of talking about that a little bit. Uh, previous, previous Georgia high school championships were in the Georgia Dome and then the first year of Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but became a little bit cost prohibitive. And uh you know just just from what the uh Falcons and Mercedes been did more to charge at uh, the high school, so uh the, maybe the game it it was it was meant to be played as some of the old school folks would say it was out there in the elements and the cold and the rain uh but now certainly a a very strong weekend and impressive talent up and down um you know get, getting to see guys uh that are going to uh, the next level uh play basically all day and got to see one of the most impressive athletes in the nation and Eric Gilbert. Uh, who is off to LSU, who plays that tight end wide receiver role, uh, who won uh, just one Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Georgia. So, uh, really, really impressive weekend, and uh, definitely shout out to all those guys who won, who won titles last weekend.
1: No doubt about it. As we're starting to turn the page and, and, and get a little deeper now, as we uh, try of look at uh, the, course, college front right now, you've got uh, a couple of games happening here today. You'll have, of course, uh, kicking off at 2 o'clock. Uh, it is going to be the uh, Bahamas Bowl. Boy, I tell you what, it's uh, kind of weird to me, you know, that, that they, they're going to travel to the Bahamas. It's hard enough for these families to make the trip, but to go down the Bahamas is a whole other avenue. It's a neat trip. You can make it, no doubt about it. I'd like to see them take that thing away from them and bring it to Charleston and uh, kind of make it a Palmetto Bowl, or they can create a name there. But I think that would be a huge opportunity for them to bring in uh, a lot of revenue to the area, a lot of revenue to the uh, to the region. And, uh, boy, you imagine an SEC, an ACC matchup or – or a uh, a Sun Belt bringing in here uh, one of their foes on the other side of Rival Conference there would be a huge ticket seller. But that's not happening because at 2 o'clock today, ESPN will kick off the very first bowl game. That's going to be Buffalo and Charlotte. And the uh, Makers wanted Bahamas Bowl. And then, of course, Utah State, Kent State going to kick off at 7.30. That's going to be the Trop- Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. And then, of course, uh, over the weekend, we've got about, I don't know, five or six bowls. Any of these bowls that kind of jump out to you uh, that you're kind of looking at. I know that Georgia Southern Liberty has a nice little flavor to it, but uh, Boise State, Washington, you know, those are kind of some of the headliners that are coming into the weekend.
5: Yeah, I think Boise State, Washington jumps off the page, certainly looking to see, uh, you know, two of the better quarterbacks uh, that a lot of folks may may not have, uh, have have watched lately and certainly folks in the SEC country. Remember Jacob Eason signed with uh, Georgia. I uh, was a five-star quarterback out of Washington. He goes back home. Uh, kind of had an up-and-down season. Uh, there for the Huskies and uh you know you, you you uh if you haven't watched Boise State, they are very entertaining. Uh, it's not it's certainly not Chris Peterson's uh, Boise uh state teams but uh, Brian Harson's a very, very solid coach and a guy um you know that has a very good uh young quarterback there, true freshman in Bachmeyer. Uh he's probably one of the better quarterbacks that you'll watch uh, this weekend and, uh, no, I, I agree with your sentiments on the Bahamas. It's, it's very difficult to get down there for a lot of folks. Don't don't anticipate a ton of, uh, of people de- being down there. But uh, credit to Charlotte. Uh, I believe it's their first uh, bowl trip ever uh, for a program that's only a few years old as well. So, uh, congrats to the 49ers. And then I tell folks, um, you know, you, you know, they they did a rail. Maybe, hey, there's too many bowl games. You know what? I'll be watching. And so will a whole bunch of other people as well, uh, no matter what it is. There's football on TV. And uh, these these uh, kids understand this is a big opportunity for them on national television, and uh, you know, a lot of folks that uh, may have not seen, uh, you know, as you mentioned, a, a Georgia Southern or a UAB or even an out state that plays tomorrow, um, who is a significant favorite uh, there in the New Orleans Bowl, um, you know, looking to continue to uh, to have a spectacular season with a uh, with um, a new coach as uh, Eli Drinkwitz is off to Missouri uh so you'll have uh, have Sean Clark who has been on that app state staff uh, lead lead the mountaineers to uh what they hope to be their first ever 13 win season in the FBS ranks
1: should be a good one there, uh, as always been
5: uh I'm
1: not sure what next week looks like for you uh you know, I'm, I'm probably going to have to uh try to do some audibles next week but if there is a chance and you could name it monday through of course we'll take off wednesday and we'll probably not do much on tuesday that's christmas eve uh we won't bother you guys at least but uh, of course monday and uh, Thursday, Friday, we'd love to have you back in maybe Friday to preface for the weekend, but uh, we will say Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, I greatly appreciate everything, and, of course, everybody here on my staff appreciates all that you continue to do to help us out, to uh, educate us, entertain us, uh, and add a lot of flavor to the show when you're able to get in, and, and make sure you pass that sentiment along to uh, all of you guys over at 24-7 Sports, because I tell you, you guys spend a lot of hours. I said this uh, the other day. I said, man, you know, when we went to sleep on Wednesday night, you guys still had another three or four hours left to type, and, and I'm sure your fingers are are still cooling off. Uh, as my producer said, there was smoke coming off your fingertips. Uh, waking up on Thursday morning, so uh, thank you for all the effort, the energy you've given to 2019, uh, to all the college, the high school athletes, and any other entertaining uh, athletic event that you've covered.
5: Thanks, man. Appreciate it, and uh happy holidays, and Merry Christmas to you and your family, and all the all your listeners as well. Been awesome, and we'll def- definitely look forward to catching up next week.
1: All right, buddy. Thank you very much. Real quick, before I get you out of here, man, way to follow you, way to catch up way to give yourself a, an opportunity to plug in and, and let those guys uh, kind of keep up with what's going on in the world of uh, 24-7 sports.
2: Well, I think that he just left us, uh, so uh, I'll give it to you right here. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Benmore247. It's just uh, at Benmore247. Um, and, and, of course, uh, the 24-7 sports um that, that plug right there is just at 24 seven sports as well. And they, they do a really good job covering the high school and and college kids. Of course, they, uh, they're the ones that they put out the, um, they put out the, uh, the rankings for, for these kids uh, that are going to be going to play sports the next level. And they, uh, you know, and they rank them nationally from uh, like one to 100 or kind of like the ESPN 300 in a way, but, um, you know, even ESPN references, uh, 24 seven sports and, and these, uh, numbers and the, uh, the rankings that they that they put together. So um, really good stuff that they that they continue to put out each and every day. And uh, like you mentioned, it was a really um, really busy day uh, day on Wednesday and and even leading into Thursday. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he if he appreciated that joke of mine <laughs> talking oh, I'm about sure he the, does, talking about the smoke coming off of the keyboard off of his fingers. I mean um, I mean they they do some incredible stuff those writers over there at uh, 24/7 Sports.
1: Yeah, and we're very blessed to have a lot of those guys. Uh, two of the guys that are regulars on here is Bryce Coon. Of course, uh, he's under the weather. We wish him the best of recoveries. As I tell you, man, that the older you get, the harder it gets to get over some of this stuff here. But uh, Bryce, of course, covers Georgia Tech one-on-one a lot closer than, than anybody else. However, he does cover the ACC and, and the SEC and just college football. He's got his own show as well that he does a great job with. Uh, but he comes in and helps us out. Of course, Ben Moore has been kind of the long-running guy from 24-7 Sports. Uh, so we appreciate all the things that he does, and again, all year long, we've been very blessed with a lot of beat writers, and the one thing, again, that I promote, push and, and try to put together is you look at my list. You came in this morning to the studio, and you, of course, looked over here and you're like, man, we got a great show set up, and and it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of conversations, and, you know, these things just don't happen. These guys just don't call up. I mean, well, they do, but not as much as they don't because, again, these guys have their own life. so I'm reaching out to athletes. I'm reaching out to coaches and to beat writers and to program directors like a Kevin Beladeau and and guys like that, it takes a lot of work, but it takes a lot of—I'd say—the perfect timing, the perfect match. The ball's got to fall on the right side of the, of the track there. And again, to get this list like today, we're gonna to head to break. Logan is gonna join us here hopefully soon. But Logan, again, this is a guy that was with me off and on for, for quite a while, and then you know, kind of reset some buttons, got his own thing going over there with the Noel Game Day. Of course, uh, he's in Tallahassee, Florida. You know, that's that's a big deal. We go from Atlanta, Georgia, to Tallahassee, Florida. When we just spent time in Charleston at, uh, of course, Channel 5, and then we were over on a campus at a high school campus over at Ashley Ridge High School, which is a 5A high school, uh, one of the largest high schools in the state here or there. I think they're a top 15 high school in the state of South Carolina, uh, which is a big deal. You know, you get these athletes that are committing, who have committed, who have signed, sealed, and will be delivered. He will be delivered back in June 8th,
2: as he said, in the temple. Mm-hmm. And... uh like you said, it's uh it, it, it's it's a lot of coordination, and then the ball has to fall on the on the right side of the court, and um and everybody is just uh of course we we here at Southern Sports Central are so grateful to be able to uh, have these uh, these sources and these contributors be able to come on the show and be able to uh give give the, the listeners a, a product worth listening to, um and and some information that uh, we we necessarily couldn't be able to give or some insight that we couldn't be able to give, and so we're really thankful for. Uh, our contributors contributors at uh 24 7 of course Kevin do at Live 5 and um you know Logan Robertson is going to be coming up uh in in just a couple of minutes hopefully he'll be uh coming in on the show and uh like you said he's down in in Tallahassee right there with uh, uh Seminole Nation um front and center and and he's got a lot of inside scoop on this um on this uh program that's uh trying to uh come back come back through the cracks and uh Um, being a a relevant uh, topic in in top 25 play in in the sport of football.
1: Yeah, so that's what we'll do. We'll take a quick break. We'll see if we can get him in here, get him on, and kind of go with it here. uh, Logan Robinson from the Knoll Game Day will join us here in just moments. Hopefully we'll get it all set up. He's coming to us from Tallahassee, Florida, over there at the uh, Seminole Camp. And, uh, again, they've got a new coach. They've got a pretty good recruiting class come in. They've got some uh, things to be excited about heading into 2020. They finished off well. Right? I mean, I don't think a lot of people thought they were going to do as well as they did as the finish began, and they got rid of a coach that was on staff. They brought in uh, or our upgraded one of the coaches that's been on there a long time. We've actually got a coach, White, who was uh, is on the staff over at Somerville High School. He played at Florida State, by the way, and uh, he spoke highly of the interim coach as well that was there back in his days in the 90s. So, uh, big deal, big conversations. We'll talk about that and much more. If you want to join us, come on in 323 784 9681. Again, the number to call in. 323 784 You got it. We'll cover it. We'll talk about it right here live on Southern Sports Central, part of the Blog Talk Radio Net Network family. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Hillman here alongside Will Porter here on the other side of the glass. Uh, again, Will, great job today as he's answering all the calls, hanging out over there on the uh, social media world. You can follow us over there at So Central. That's on Twitter. And then, again, you can hang out with us on Facebook, Southern Sports Central as well. We do a little Instagramming from time to time, but uh, nevertheless, uh, we'd love to hear from you here uh, on the show. Live. You can call in right now. We've got about 30 minutes remaining. Yeah, we don't. We got about 20. <laughs> about 20 minutes remaining. Uh, as you can get in here with us now. The number to call in is 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call in is 323-784-9681. Uh the uh, Matt's Burgers hotline's wide open here. Waiting to see if uh Mr. Logan's gonna check in with us. Logan Robinson, he is the founder of uh the Null Game Day.com, a social uh, media guy who does a phenomenal job over there uh, at no game day of course. Uh, they provide all the free scoring updates, play-by-play uh, knows recruiting news and breaking news that of course pertains to Florida state athletics. Uh, it is an independent site, but we encourage you to follow them over there in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, we'll wait and see if we get them in here. If not, we'll just keep it moving and we'll continue the conversations because again, there's a lot to cover. I mean, again, there's, there's always something happening. And, and, you know, it's funny because people always say, man, what do you do when football's over? And I was like, what? Football's over? Football's never over. I mean, even this weekend, we've got two games today, five or six games tomorrow. And then on Monday you have a game. Tuesday you have a game. And, and again, it's kind of like what Ben Moore said. He mentioned it it just um, earlier. There's never too much football in college football. And it's great because it's different. And we want it to stay the way that it is. And I'm worried. I mean, again – as much as I want an eight, 12 and 16 man uh, playoff system for, for certain reasons, there is a a cause and effect here. Now we go to 16 and we go to eight. It it, it does kind of dumb down a little bit this season because you're kind of giving a mulligan automatically. You know, that's something to think about too, because as of now with four teams, you're already given at least one mulligan. You can lose one. You guarantee can't lose two. You get an 18 playoff, Definitely a ten or, or twelve or sixteen, you definitely could lose two and still get into a playoff.
2: Yeah, like uh the difference the difference with college basketball and, and, and how they've they've I, I wanna say in in their eyes probably perfected their system of, of playoff. Uh it, it's been a sixty four team, now it's sixty eight because uh there, there's at least one um there there are two games uh that are played before the actual brackets themselves and um in the in these two teams here are um, these two games here before the the actual bracket? It's kind of a play-in game, if you will. Right. Um, and, and so, and, and so, but these games here—if you brought that into uh, the college football playoff—it it almost it, it would become on an any given day. Um, it, it it would yeah, it would be in an any given day, any given scenario would the number 18 beat the number one team with the number two team um, or with the number 17, can they beat the number two team? Uh, Like with this, with this four team um, college football playoff, it it gave answer to some questions that, that a lot of fans had in in years prior for the college football playoff. You had the, you had the BCS championship. Right. And, and that was of course like uh, what was AP number one and AP number two. And, um, and and I'm not I'm not fully um, aware of that format or or, um, or understanding of that format because um, it, it has it has been a while since it was um, since it was used and the college football playoff has been implemented now for I think this is its fifth year um, in the history of, of college football and uh, when you, like when you really you pay attention to these things and you look at it um, the, the the question was for this year um, or or the answer is. Yes, all four teams that are in this playoff right now are deserving of a national championship. They they feel um it, it would not be an argument as to no Oklahoma does not deserve it or no uh Clemson does not deserve it. No uh LSU or Ohio State does not deserve uh to win this national championship. They just got uh lucky, quote unquote. Right. And that that to me that to me is why th- this system of, of a fourteen college football playoff has been kind of better in in recent memory just because it's it's not uh there's not a fluky team to possibly get in where if we would had an eight and an eight an eighth team you would have probably a uh a, a, like a two loss no a three loss auburn or or a four a four loss team that just somehow happens to, to slip into the playoffs and then there's a chance that they win it all i mean and then the, then the question arises, like, did they, did they deserve it? Did they deserve that win? I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on, on that? Of course, there's no way that ESPN and the college football playoff uh, committee, if you will, would uh, go back to look at their TV deal, which expires in 2026. Um, and so we, I would say that we are stuck with the four team uh, playoff for for the foreseeable future, until that TV deal expires with ESPN, but I think that we're good with what we have.
1: I I do want more,
2: and it is because of the, what you
1: just said. Because here's the thing: the scheduling is not is not equal across the board. So a a a one loss team in the Big Twelve is not the same as a one loss team in the SEC or a one loss team in the Big Ten. That's where my problem lies. Again. Uh, just because you win your conference – and here's my other argument. Everybody says, well, if you win your conference, you, you, you should be in. Or if you don't win your conference, you shouldn't be in. Why is that? You should be eliminated because you're in a tougher conference than everybody. I mean, the SEC has benefited, you know, by playing tougher opponents in their schedule. They haven't had to go outside. You know, Clemson's got to go outside their box. They can't afford to live in the confines of, of, of the ACC scheduling because they would not get in had they not scheduled a South Carolina. Even though South Carolina is not – the, the prestige and not this, that, and the other that they, they they should be and, and, and the fans want them to be, but they do come with a little bit of clout because they're in the SEC and A&M's the same way. A&M's gotten better through the season, so they have to play. They can't afford to live in that confine. The SEC, on the other hand, doesn't have to go out and schedule, you know, uh, power five other teams because their schedule is so good. Look at see you look at recruiting. You look at where they finish in the top twenty five again. For a team, the conference, an area that supposedly isn't as good as it used to be, they're still doing some pretty impressive things, and actually they're getting better. Tennessee's getting stronger. You're seeing Florida getting stronger. Mississippi State, they're in a bowl game. They're doing it. They're getting stronger. And then Ole Miss went out and hired Lane Kiffin, which I thought was a very smart hire. That's right up his alley. I think it fits their student body. I think it fits the atmosphere. I think it fits that whole hotty-totty and here comes Lane. Give an almighty type thing. I think that all kind of goes together. They can make shirts and sell it, and, and recruits will come in.
2: Yeah, kind of kind of being Ole Miss's uh, savior, it's, it's, if yeah. you will. Yeah.
1: And, and, and I think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you know,
1: and, and same thing. So, Mississippi State, I guess, has, has got its thing kind of. They're running a little bit still with what you saw. Uh, the coach now that's at Florida, he's going to continue to do things. And don't count South Carolina out. Again, I, I'm a Gamecock. I'm a realist, and I understand that losing as many games as you lost this year and winning only a few, but you've reloaded the arsenal. You you unfortunately had to get rid of your strength and conditioning coach because of the factor of, of the injuries that came across the board. He kinda somebody had to get the hit. He was the man. They bring in another guy from Ole Miss, actually, as the new strength and conditioning coach. Watch and see what they do. With Mike Bobo on staff, and it looks like the, the group of kids, by the way, the top four kids in the state of South Carolina all went to the University of South Carolina this year. And that's how South Carolina got good back in two thousand ten is staying home, getting these homegrown kids and uh We'll see. I'm not saying they're at Clemson's level, man. There aren't many yeah, things at
2: all. I, well, I mean, the, the Gamecocks, South Carolina has a lot to look forward to um, next year because um, that, that, that was a lot of changes and, and a lot of things are going to look different from uh, next, for, for next year um, when, when you compare it to this year. And uh, it, it's the strength and conditioning. It, it's going to be the quarterbacks. Uh, the, I think the quarterbacks coach got fired. Um, or, or, um, and then uh, uh, Ralph McClendon, uh, got reassigned and i think that he is going to be the quarterback's uh, coach if not something on the offensive side and in the, the the addition of Mike Bobo i think it it proves that um it it doesn't it don't really prove anything it just goes to show that uh they are trying to open up their offense because this past year and, and as much as it it burdens me to say this that South Carolina really didn't have an identity when it came to offense uh, and, and I, I brought this up here on on the show the, this uh stat line uh number and and you can you can take with this what you will richie but um there there was a stat that i read where in in cases where a south carolina quarterback over over the course of the past ten years, whenever a south carolina quarterback makes over fifty uh passing attempts that's fifty five zero fifty passing attempts um they are one and nine in, in their record, which I like, I mean, and it all comes down to, you know, completing them. But like, like I said, take with that, what you will, South Carolina was really burdened with, with those injuries and, uh, and, and the injuries really uh, played a factor in a lot of the games in, in the bulk, like in the middle of the season. Um, And then when it, when it finally came around to uh, play Texas A&M, that was their, their final chance to, you know, possibly win a game and upset uh, and, and, essentially fight for a, a, a post-season berth in a bowl game, uh, which end up didn't, didn't happen, but it, you know, it, it's a lot to look forward to with the South Carolina team, especially with the, the way that they had just recruited, um, the, these players and they, it, it's a bright future. Uh, we'll just have to see, uh, where all the rest of the pieces fall come February, whenever they, uh, whenever the, ne- the next wave of, um, kids are going to sign the the athletes that are going to sign and um i mean i know that i'm kind of going, kind of going off here on a tangent but i mean it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch this this gamecock team from from a four and eight season this past year um possibly going uh seven or eight games completely turning turning around their season next year that is if that is if everything falls in line the way that we are putting it out there
1: yeah, we'll have to wait and see again. South Carolina, just like anybody else, can jump in the portal. They can fill out some gaps here. Uh, Mike Bobo, by the way, is the uh, quarterback coach. Uh, he's also the offensive coordinator. That's that's kind of his deal. He'll work one on one with quarterbacks. That's what I was thinking. Um, is. You know, they'll they'll you'll think uh, McClendon, He'll have a different role. Uh, you know, not really. Guys were hit hard. I think the biggest hit that they lost, really honestly, was was the strength and conditioning coach. They just moved a few other guys around here, and, and we'll wait and see. Kind of. Again, they'll bring some guys on campus. This was a different year, and I don't want to focus much on South Carolina. Not because I don't like South Carolina. It's just that there's not much to talk about it with the Gamecocks. Uh, you know, when you when you look at this thing and you kind of see how this uh, this, this whole conversation kind of comes out, and, and you again, you get into the highs and the lows, and and what did we learn, and and what some of the things that kind of came across uh, the the deal with uh, what you learned on Wednesday. There was a lot of highlights there. I mean, you saw. The ACC, they, they did have a better early signing draft period there. They had a lot of teams, I think, trending up a little bit more than what I think a lot of people thought they were going to. Uh, you know, I gave you the stats. Uh, was it was yesterday when we kind of went through uh, the top 25 class. Of course, the SEC led the way there, right? I mean, the ACC was in second place, I want to say. Yeah, I think they had five teams. Yeah, five teams. The SEC, 10, five out of the ACC, four out of the Big Ten, two out of the Big 12 two out of the Pac-12, and only one independent, of course, that's going to be Notre Dame, and everybody knows how that goes uh, from time to time, but, you know, for me, I I think you have to look at, um, you know, some of the bigger pictures here, and uh, kind of see what, when, where, and how it works out, so for me, the SEC is going to continue to get better, that's not a good news for everybody else around the country, Mm -hmm. as much as people hate to see, you know, things happening, it is reality that the East is going to get stronger, can Vanderbilt and, and that coaching staff at least continue to get a little bit better week after week is Missouri's coach. And I don't know if it's a good hire to bring in this one year wonder. He had a great year because that's all he's had at, yeah. <laughs> at, at App State. But is that the right answer? Or are you just putting a Band-Aid on a program over there? Uh, if it was up to me, I would send them packing and I would send them back to the Big 12 anyways. And I would say, we'll give you Missouri and we'll take West Virginia. And I, I would, I would like that a lot better. I think geographically it works out better. Mm-hmm. I think crowd-wise, I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I just think it's a better fit for the SEC. I, I do. I don't, I don't think Missouri is a good fit for the SEC. They went after TV market, but now because of social media, because of the internet, because of everything else, you don't really have to per se dive into that. Because I think Missouri is one of the top TV markets in the country, and that's fine and dandy. The SEC network is alive and well. You know it does its own thing. You don't have to really chase anything. It does get them also in recruiting beds that they haven't mm-hmm. been in them before. But everybody knows who the SEC is. And if you grow up in the Big 12 and a Big 12 household, you don't care who the, big, the SEC is. You're 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 a Big 12 guy. You're an Oklahoma guy. You're an Oklahoma State guy. You're 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 a uh, you're a Texas fan. You know I wish I wish that the the powers that be would like in South Carolina, in the state of South Carolina. You know, the the one thing that I do agree the politicians did do is they made it it, it South Carolina Clemson's gotta play every year. It's a law. It's gotta happen. And uh you they did. need to do that with A and M in Texas.
2: Yeah, that no, that used to be uh called Big Thursday and uh, um and that that rivalry there, South Carolina and Clemson it's always been uh it's always been that way and um i I can agree with that. Uh you know, giving a trade off Missouri to the Big Twelve, and then uh, SEC takes uh, the Mountaineers of West Virginia. And, you know, I tell you, it's a it's such a huge market uh, there in in the Missouri, uh, I, I guess Kansas area, because you know you count Kansas City in that in that market as well. Um, you know, the the guys in the Midwest they they really love their pro teams. Uh, viewers and uh, viewers out there in the Midwest uh, they love uh, their St. Louis Cardinals uh, in in pro baseball, their St. Louis uh, Blues and in, in hockey, and uh, the Kansas city chiefs over, over on the other side of the state. And I mean, it's, it's, uh, like I I completely understand why they did it in the first place. And now, now that you, you pay to have a monthly subscription to ESPN plus, and you can basically watch almost any and every game, uh, that, that comes across the the market in the country. And you can be able to do that. Um, you know, just by, just by going on your ESPN app and just uh, clicking the plus sign and, uh, going and, and finding the game that you want to watch, and and it's there, and you watch it in the comfort of your own home now, um, as opposed to and they still do it, but as opposed to just you know fighting for uh, a a game to to broadcast on the market, uh, whether it be a local broadcast or a national uh, TV broadcast, but you know how, however you look at it, yeah, I, I can kind of get behind uh, what you're saying there. Um, any any other uh changes or, or updates as far as uh the rankings in this uh rec- in this uh, first wave of national signing day uh recruiting as far when I looked at it uh Clemson is still number one and Alabama's right behind it number two. Uh you you mentioned the, the uh Richie the ranks uh of how how many uh how many teams from a conference was in there. You think you said that ten were from the SEC and <coughs> six from C AC- five from the A C C
1: Yeah. So you got ten five, uh, kind of give you the number rundown here: ten five four two two and one, which is ten SEC five ACC, four on the Big Ten, two on the Big Twelve, two on the Back Twelve, and then that independent uh, deal there. Kind of, excuse me, some of the headlines here coming out. Of course, Tennessee, you know, with the highest class uh, number nine, they they, they did well uh, as far as a surprise uh, overall. It depends kind of where you go through here. Uh, there's so many different avenues. There's rivals. There's of course twenty four seven sports. There's ESPN. So as, a, as kind of a round robin here, uh, you kind of look at them now. Uh, the biggest surprise I thought was Tennessee. I thought they looked good. They went after the guys they needed to get. I think that you know, and I had a chance to meet their head coach over the uh, South Carolina Saturday showdown of champions uh, a few weeks ago, as he was in town to talk to Jalen Hyatt to watch Jalen Hyatt, who is now his newest wide receiver, uh, coming out of Dutchburg High School out of Irmo, South Carolina, catches a game-winning touchdown back of the end zone. Only person that could catch it would have been him. As a quarterback over there, of course, uh, Mr. Ty Olichuk, who's heading over to Clemson to play baseball now. He's committed to play baseball. And, uh, but uh, back to Jalen Hyatt, he catches a thing in the back of the end zone. They win in overtime uh, to get their four-in-a-row state championship. Uh, I, I think the biggest one, uh, disappointing-wise, is going to be Southern Cal. Again, Southern Cal, not much different than Florida, Florida State, Miami. They are in a hotbed of talent. It's almost like they have to try to not you have to try to not do it the right way. So that's something big there. Now, Washington, of course, holding uh, a a very large number of of kids in their Pac-12 class. Uh, Despite a head coaching change there towards the end, they were still able to maintain. Baylor, of course, uh, the worst class in the Big 12. That's kind of shocking as well. Baylor, remember, you know, they were up for conversations to plan for a a, a Final Four spot just weeks ago. And here they are struggling to get kids on campus. The SEC, again, uh, depends on how you look at it there. Uh, but six of their classes, uh, in the top 10, that's huge. I mean, in a big way. And then the ACC trending up, I mean, watch out what they're going to do. They still have other issues, but again, you got to show consistency. I need more than one or two guys.
2: I wanted to touch on the the USC, uh, the Southern California, um, re- recruiting skid that they have hit. And they're, they're like in the low, the low seventies, upper eighties of, of the top 100, uh, recruiting classes. And they are last in the PAC 12, um, you know that that five star I, I think the number 1 rated pro style quarterback that clemson just snagged on wednesday uh yep. that the dj yugaleli mm-hmm. there was a report that came out yesterday uh, or an article that five star um quarterback says that usc didn't even recruit him and he is in usc's own backyard and that happens more and, than and, you and think. it happens more than you think and, and right. so now and and yeah, you you know how in the social media day that you you can you can playfully poke fun at at um at the different um the the, the different uh, programs, Oregon has now become the USC that once was. Yeah, uh, Oregon has now been a, it, Oregon is now notorious in being able to uh, take and pick up uh, Pac-12 talent from from the state of California and bring them up the West Coast. Um, to Oregon and be able to play for, for that, uh, for that program that is notorious for being, um, you know, such, such a talent, um, talent driven uh, program. Right. And like I said, for them to just, they, they, they're just cherry picking a lot of those players there that, that USC has not gone after. And, I'm I'm not sure if it is much if it's so much as they're not if they're not looking in the right direction or these kids are not wanting to go play for USC or it's the fact that they have a head coach in Clay Helton who has been mediocre whenever when it comes to Trojan football and their ways of winning that it has been in years past and he's just not uh, get, getting up to par. You wonder
1: if, if it's a little bit like Tennessee. Tennessee went through a a coaching kind of uh, debacle there and they've done that since Lane Kiffin has been on campus. When Lake Kiffin was there, you started seeing a lot of troubles happening at Southern Cal. They also have UCLA in the backyard. They also have a few other ones. I would go ahead and say that Oregon is the hottest team in the pack, but you also have Washington sitting there, Stanford sitting there, so there's two other teams that are going to kind of do what they need to do. Uh, UCLA, by the way, finished fourth in and in, in overall in, in the Pac-12. They, Pac-12 and the ACC, not different much to me. One's on the East Coast, one's on the West Coast. One has... Just like the other one, one or two good consistent teams, and the other ones kind of fall where they will. I think that's kind of the same question, same things that you're seeing in the Pac-12 right now. Yeah, Oregon's flashy. They like that new young look. There's a lot of kids that like all those ninety thousand different schemes that they can wear in the uniforms. Yes, that is I, I love, I love it. That's great. <laughs> well, it helps that the guy <laughs> that owns Nike's went to went, went there uh, to Oregon. That doesn't hurt you at all. Uh, but again, they, they they were the first of going out and getting the Hawaiians, getting mm-hmm. you know the guys from Guam and, and, and things like that, getting these big huge Samoans to come in. I mean, way before you saw you know, Tua over there in Alabama,
2: you know, Oregon's like, dude, we've been doing this
1: since Mar- Marcus
2: Mariota. Marcus Mariota and, and Tua Tagovailoa, right. for those that don't know, they went to the same high school there over there in Hawaii. Exactly. And then it happens more than people don't know on the West Coast, because
1: you don't stay up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning like we do to watch this stuff, so we can talk about it during the week. But uh, again, a good week of, uh, of, of uh, radio here. We do want to thank all of our guests. We've had so many great guests, and even here today, and And we'll try to follow back up with Logan to see. Hopefully everything's good to go in Tallahassee. But, of course, uh, Ben Moore did join us from Atlanta from 24-7 Sports. Kevin Billadeau joined us all the way from Live 5 Sports over there in West Ashley. And Matt Duncan was our athlete of the day here on uh, Southern Sports Central. He is heading to Temple, but he was a uh, four-time – I think he started his freshman year. And the the story that you heard came in and and, and took over there and uh, did great things there. Of course, Stephen Duncan's his big brother who's a uh, quarterback over at Western Kentucky. He'll be a, uh, a quarterback. He said he's going to redshirt this year, get bigger, get stronger, get faster at Temple, but we'll watch him uh, pull off his thing up in Philly. But uh, on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, uh, of course, yeah, you'll do your show in the morning quickly my uh, 8, show eight in o'clock at 10, right?
2: Yes, sir, from 8 to 10. Got a lot of uh, good topics to talk about and uh, uh, just kind of continuing the conversation about National Signing Day, kind of dabbling to, into the bowl games and, uh, a couple other things across the the world of college sports. And so it should be a fun conversation.
1: If you're locally here in the uh, Lowcountry, uh, a lot of Lowcountry uh, basketball tournaments happening this weekend, Asher Ridge is going to support one. We'll, of course, uh, try to venture over there and watch a little basketball tonight, as well as uh, try to stay in and around. Of course, uh, the uh, Shrine Bowl is tomorrow. If you're in Spartanburg, check it out. On behalf of uh, Southern Sports Central, I'm Rich Yelman. That's Will Porter. We'll be back live tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. sharp, guys. God bless. Take care. Bye.